Make it a clean sweep. I got a Dallas 11 and 6. He kept the, you know, I know they would say, oh, well, he kept the tag applied. He could have kept the tag applied and not straddled homeboy. You know what I mean? He could have moved his leg. So. Oh, it was uh, fine. It's just. I'm just saying. Ramirez I mean, just had a little. It, it, just wasn't, it wasn't necessary. It didn't need to <laughs> get to that extreme. Bills in a last second field goal or a last second touchdown by Aaron Rodgers to take the division. He's kicking field goals too. I want to bet. <laughs> right? I want Happy Monday night, folks. It is your boy, Mr. First Down. I am the Pumpkin Spice Latte of podcast host. I am happy to be here, happy to be on the Let's Talk Sports Network. We're going to have a good show tonight. Of course, we've got Jim Berenger coming on. He's going to drop so many Berenger bombs that uh, Lord knows if we'll ever see the light of day again. Then we have Jonathan Grisham. And since we will not be joined by Nick Nick tonight, he won't get yelled at sporadically the entire time. I swear to God, if Nick was actually face-to-face with that guy, he'd be covered in spit the entire time. Just They stink! They stink! Anyway, but enough about Nick. It's my show now, and since I'm driving the bus, I get to bring in my guy. He is a Hall of Famer. He is up in the Massachusetts area, and most of all, he enjoys my Reagan impression. He is the one, the only Scott Cove, everybody. I'm hey, Scott, how we doing, doing Bubby? I'm doing great. How you doing, Sam? I'm I'm not used to going first. I mean, no, it's a, and you're I'm a used Hall to of the, Famer. You're always I, well. First. I know that. I know that, but I'm used to the 40-second outro on Botkin's computer when he doesn't talk. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when they evacuate ships, it's the women, children, and elderly. So you're up there. I don't know if it's like first, second, or, you know, first, or third, fourth. I can't count. I have a new board, okay? My brain doesn't work anymore. Anyway, so uh, I, it's good to have you, Scott. Scott, did you look over uh, that video of Fit in our chat? Because we're best friends, and I can text you. Uh, when we talked about... Uh, Harrison's comments on uh, Zach Wilson. I did. I did see it. I watched it this morning, and uh, <laughs> he might get suspended by NBC for those comments. I, 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 I uh, it, put it back. Call I hate me. doing it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hate doing it uh, to say it because, you know, Tanner's going to be like, oh, of course it is. Chris Jones really took that question in stride. Really didn't show his ass there. He really could have. Uh, But, yeah, so I I straddle this. We ran into this before with Sean Payton, where we get so much bull crap from the coaches and GMs. And Sean Payton comes out and goes, Nathaniel Hackett's a terrible coach. You know, he's ruined everything, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's just kind of – it's a weird place to be. I wish he hadn't said it, but it's nice to have some honesty every once in a while of just, you know. Yeah, it is. And if you remember Rod Harrison as a player, because he, he played up here in New England at the end of his career, he didn't hold back. He he said yeah. what was on his mind. And yeah. now, you know, for the first – how long has it been on NBC? Like six years, seven years, maybe About, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. God, it feels longer, doesn't it? He really – yeah, he, he really hasn't had any controversial moments, so to speak, because Tony Dungy's been there. And when Tony right. Dungy was there – he, I think he just basically reeled him in and said, hey, Rodney, you know, don't say anything. But now that they've changed the setup with NBC, I, I think he's he's basically said, I'm going to let my mouth go. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, totally. Alan already trying to get on my good side today after he made fun of my little team there about what they should and should not do. That's okay, Alan. I appreciate it. I, I hope it is a great show. Uh, and uh, Cody and Jay versus Priest and Balor. It's a tag titles on Fastlane. How about that? Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. looking more. I'm looking more forward to the other tag team that's that's going to happen well, that night. Are you talking about John Cena and, of course, the megastar himself, L.A. Knight? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. That guy makes me feel like a kid again. It it is exactly how he makes me feel when he's out there. It's fantastic. You know who else makes me feel like a kid again because he talks down to me? Is our lovely producer, Tanner. Tanner, how are you, sir? How you doing? (laughs) What's up, everybody? (laughs) I love how he didn't argue it. He's just like, yeah, that's probably true. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue tonight. Well, maybe oh. later. We'll see when I get comfortable, right? Sam, Sam I, you know, before you came on, me and Tanner were talking. He he's done with Mahomes as his quarterback. He says he I'm wants done. I'm finished. Is it over? Train his ass. Is it it's over? over. It's over. It's over. You slide over. at the two yard line when it doesn't matter if you go up by ten or not, and hit, hit all those covers. Like that's all you got to do. Let's go go over. in the end zone. What Instead, we got, other... we're gonna make the smart play and we're gonna go side of the two. You know what? I'm I'm. You're in New York. You'll score. You'll put some points on the board. He, he, T Swift was distracting him. T Swift uh, was up. No, there. yeah, because he's worried about his wife over here mm-hmm. making bad with T Swift. Oh man. <laughs> like, what well, what was our other soundbite from you, Tanner? Oh yeah. Are you gonna be different? Are you gonna be, you different? be different? Well, Mahomes <laughs> wasn't different at all. No, no, he wasn't different. He wasn't different. Pretty that was bad, a for him. I expect him, to, of course, to bounce back and all of that, but like I don't know. It just seems it hasn't come very easy for him this year. Do you think – is this year different as a Chiefs fan, or do you think it's just, you know, it's, part of the process? It's part of the pro. Last year wasn't wasn't easy either. Yeah, they couldn't cover right. a lot of things last yeah. year. It was weird. And so you're going to the same situation where you got, you know, receivers that aren't able to get separation as much as some people thought, right? We got good receivers. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I think we got good receivers. But sure. can you get the separation that a Tyreek gave you, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago? You don't. You don't get that because they don't have the speed. A Miko could give it to you, but he was always hurt. Right. Issues in that range, right? And unfortunately, you're the one guy that seems to be getting open is MVS. It's a guy you don't want to get open because. What, what channel is MVS come on? No, I'm sorry. I couldn't <laughs> it. it was there. Trash. It was there. <laughs> it was hanging. It was hanging down. It was low hanging fruit. I had to. Anyway. And the other thing you got to remember, Kansas City is when, as, as Tanner said, when Tyreek was there, you throw you throw a six or seven yard cross, and then he take it forty five yards, and you don't have that right now, so to speak. No. You you might have you could have it in Tony or Sky Moore, but you just don't have it right now. And that and that so he's got to play differently. He's got to play Travis Kelsey's my number one target, and. Let's see who else steps up tonight. Is it going to be Justin Ross? Is it going to be Rasheed Rice? Right. Is it going to be right. Kadarius Tony Skyman? Who is it going to be? And that, and that's the – so you're playing basically darts. All right, I'm going to throw a dot, and hopefully this guy will, will catch the ball and go 65 yards. So, Dang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, you know, yeah. nobody is uh, – I was shocked by that game tonight. Not as shocked as I was Sunday sitting in Nissan Stadium watching my team just drum the the – Bengals out of there. I, I, boys, I was stunned. I won't lie to you. I, I was I literally was sitting there just kind of watching it. Tannehill dominant. Tannehill calm. Tannehill, uh, Jack and Jill went up the hill, found a petra. Uh, uh, Tannehill went up the hill, fetch a pail of water. Uh, but he, uh, 
it was good to see. It was good to see. It felt like 2020, 2019 Tannehill. He's just kind of making his way, um, picking his way through. And, the, and you know, Derek Henry got his yards, and that's great. But they passed a lot on that team. And that, that was yes. just very shocking. Uh, I don't think anyone was ready for it, especially the Titans fans. And I'll tell you who else wasn't ready for it, the Cincinnati fans that were booing their own team at the stadium. Woo-wee. Oh, well, they were mad. Oh. Well, well, we we said in the offseason, you know, Jesse Bates is now gone. They, they lost some secondary pieces. So this secondary is not as good as it's been in the past two or three years. They had Jesse Bates back there to kind of stabilize right. it. Now he's gone. There's really no stabilizing factor back there. So Cincinnati's weakness on defense definitely is their secondary. And if you if Tannehill can take advantage, which he did to a degree uh, yes, Sunday, the teams are going to beat them. And, and now Chase, is, Chase is, um, is not happy with Burrow. There's a little, no. as we said last night on the bucket. So there is a little, there's going to be a little infighting going on in this locker room. And sure enough, Chase is, you know, telling Burrow he needs to sit down. They so, should have. And they, yes. called, they should yes. have started the year that yeah. way. They should have started the year Yeah. Have him sit down. Yeah. That guy should not have been playing in four weeks. Last versus Titans game should have at least been his first game out since the injury. Right. Instead, you're allowing exactly. you're, hurt, you're allowing exactly. the player to hurt himself, essentially. Now he's hurting the team, and that's the issue for the Bengals right now. Yeah. It's not the defense. I I promise you that defense is pretty average, but it's mm-hmm. good, you know. It, but you got to keep it off. You got a good pass rush. You got yeah. a good pass rush. Yeah. Your corners will figure it out. Like you got right. a good defense. Yeah. But when you're in and out of the offense, you can't extend drives. You can't make the plays on. You can't even score. Has Burrow even scored a touchdown? He hasn't even thrown a touchdown this year yet. And we're through four weeks. Four um, weeks. That's the panic button. Yeah. I don't think he has. I don't wait. He might have thrown one to T. Higgins in week two. But that'd be it. That that'd be it. Yeah. Right. You, you, you're, we're, we're talking about an abysmal yeah. start. We've seen abysmal spark starts from the Bengals. But this is different because Burrow has an injury that's lingering into the season versus not playing at all. Bengals what? are hurting themselves. Uh Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor needs to step up. Grow some yeah. cojones until a superstar paid quarterback sit your ass down for two weeks. Let's get through the bye Ooh. and let's Ooh. try again. Look at but him. Look at him. Tell him, Tanner. Tell him, Tanner. He's, he's not different. It's going to cost him his job. Why yeah. would it no, cost but- you your job if you made the Super Bowl? You've beaten the Chiefs three times, or whatever. You've been to the AFC Championship game twice. Where, where's the Where's the fire at? That's what I'm trying to That's figure right. out for him. Well, they did That's more right. film study. They did. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. And in the fourth year, your stud quarterback is on the IR for four to six weeks. So you're not going to lose your job because of it. You, you've no. had high success in the last last f- three or four years. As as we said, we, after week three, that was a perfect time. Put Burrow on the IR, go right until the bye week. After the bye week comes, you take him off that if he's healthy enough, ready to go. And then and then you're all set with him. And then you can make a run. Maybe you go set six and one, seven and one down the stretch. Get a mm-hmm. wild card in the playoffs, and then nobody wants to play you in the playoffs. Nobody. So that's the whole thing. So we, we Tanner had it right from 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 jump is put him on the IR after week three, get him to the bye week, maybe go one and three, two and two, get to three and four, whatever, and then come back and you're ready to go to make a run. Maybe even you won't if you're win it. Zero and four, right? Walking into week yeah. five, even if you're zero yeah. and four, walking in week five, Things season's not lost. 
no. two division losses, whatever, doesn't matter. Your guy's healthy. That's yeah. that still gives you yeah. what eleven games to come out and and go at it. Instead, now your pot like you, you got to do something. It has to happen. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw that line. Orlando Brown Jr. is like basically could tap to Joe Burrow each time he was blocking. It's just like yeah. what we had to chase with him. He he's not good. He's not good at left tackle. No, he's not. And so, he's not. And I think that's why you. But well, the Bengals were in desperation mode, trying to clean up the line. That's why they offered him money. A more, more, or a better deal when it really wasn't. But whatever, you know, it, we're not missing anything with that. But he, he's causing Burrow to have kids. He can't move. He, he's stuck. So having a guy like Rolando Brown Jr. blocking for you is not the kind of guy you want blocking for you at the moment. That's right. If you can't move around like Joe Burrow can't. Correct. He, he, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, almost, he's almost gonna say Burrow's almost gonna say as soon as I get the ball in my hands, it's gone. It's got to be yeah. gone. And and you can't do and you can't do that as a quarterback. If you can't defend yourself in the pocket, you need to sit down. You you just need to to to, to go to the bench or go to the head coach and say, "Hey, coach, I can't do it. I can't." We might be myself. seeing what Peyton Manning had to do his final year in in yeah. in year three, yeah. four for Burrow. It's ridiculous. Should yeah. this should never be a, a discussion come week five no. of of Joe Burrow throwing one, two, whatever touchdown passes, and the Bengals are zero and four. Or one and four, or one and three. It's 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 the dumbest thing right now. What and the other thing you're you're sacrificing to Sam to to you, Tanner, is you're sacrificing doing something to your Achilles, and not only being yes. out for the rest of this season, but halfway through next year. So not only do you lose this season, you lose mo- half the most of next season. So you got you just got no Higgins. You got contract situations hanging out there right now that's going to cost your team in the future. This is a win now mode right now for this for this Bengals team, right? They can't afford. Yeah. They're not paying T. Higgins. T. Higgins is walking next year. We already know this after the season. Right? Come on home, boy. Right. He's a Tennessean. <laughs> Come on home, man. man. Jamar Chase, home. you know he, he he's already you know up there as well, demanding that you know wants to keep that bag, demanding the bag. You're losing out on your weapons. Tyler Boyd's next. Like you're. You're in trouble if you're a Bengals fan right now and you're watching your team in a hurt burrow go one and three in four weeks with a hurt burrow. It's not good. Exactly. exactly. It's not good. Did, yeah, did it's you not see good. Uh, I, I sent you a picture in the message too, and you can see the Titans did not respect his run at all. They they didn't cover the A gap. It was ridiculous. And and of course they still tried to throw it. It was crazy. It's crazy. It's well, absolutely crazy that they're keeping him out there. If you're Vrabel and you're watching Cincinnati Bengals tape, the, the first thing that definitely sticks out to you is Burrow's not moving on offense. He's no. getting the ball, and he, he he's in shotgun every snap. He can't even take the ball in the center and go back. No, So yeah. he's in shotgun every snap. So your, your choice is a limited. You're going to give it to Joe Mixon in shotgun? Yes. They're not even giving it to him more than 15 times. So, so to me – it comes down to your 65 to 75% quarterback is trying to shoulder the burden, and he can't do it. So the Bengals aren't going to win another game until they figure out, hey, we need to either A, sit Joe Burrow, or B, we need to run Joe Mixon 20 to 25 times every game. And until Zach backup? Taylor does that, they, Who's the uh, it's uh, Jake uh, Browning, nobody. I think. Yeah, Jake Browning, a nobody. Okay. Jake Browning, yeah. They're they're, well, they're about they're about as well prepared as the New York Jets. So, okay, 
Yikes. That's that's right. But you just gave wow. you just gave your franchise quarterback two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. And you're sacrificing the first year and a half of that contract because you're too stubborn because you want to win games as a head coach. Because as Tanner said, you think your job is in jeopardy right now, which it's not because he's had high level success the last three years. So Zach Taylor also not uh uh the Ohio State uh, coach, which I kept saying last night, was the head coach. Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Yeah. I Screw you, Ryan Day. Uh, <laughs> this little guy just keeps me all kinds of tired. Anyway, so uh, you know, you know what I don't get wrong though. Uh, there's a guy. He drops bombs. Okay, he drops big old bombs in here. His name big is, old. of course, Jim. Freaking Behringer. Yeah. Come on in, big fella. Oh, yeah. What's up? Yeah. yeah. What's up, my people? How you doing, Bubby? I'm doing good. What's up? What's going yeah, on? Remember, remember whose game I've it is. got this parasite. Yeah, on. remember whose game this is. That's right. Remember whose game it is. Let's go. I'm very hey, well LA Knights nice trying to get the LA Knights trying to get the scene of bump now. Is this what is this what's going on? He got I the Cena bump at Backlash. Yeah, he got the Cena bump a long time ago. Yeah, he's in. He also, uh, even before that, John Cena shared his Instagram story, and it was just a picture of L.A. Knight, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's time. It's time, boys. Sam's Sam's guy is on the rise, and I'm going to ride those coattails. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I take Jim's coattails, but one of those like really fancy like Sergeant Pepper Orchestra kind of coats. You know what I mean? <laughs> the big one. The yeah, fluff yeah. it out a little bit. Jim, what's Be- going on? Before in the we get into the hockey and preview, would you? Oh, oh, uh, 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 would you uh, think uh, of uh, Edge last night, Jim? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, like, look, I'm a big Edge guy. Adam Copeland. Uh, it was awesome to see. Kind of, yep. I kind of yep. knew it was coming. Kind of worst kept secret in wrestling, I guess. Outside of when CM Punk yeah. came back and you know all that stuff, but I mean, for me, it was awesome. Look, the pay per view again was way too effing long. I was tired. It was a long day yesterday, yep. and I watched it this morning because I wasn't staying up for best two out of three falls match. Uh, and I watched it. I got up early, watched this all ending, and then I was like, this is cool. This is what they need. Yeah. It's a great signing. Yeah. Pay-per-view, overall, pay-per-view was good. Uh, you know, again, I want to see FTR. They did good. The, the six-man match was awesome. Ooh. The tag team matches were solid. I mean, you know, John Moxley on commentary was very good. Uh, MVP, uh, Prince Nana is a star, so uh, let's just leave it at that. I mean, again, it was over. It overall, was a good show. Danielson and Saber Junior was great. I think they wore a crowd out until that the edge pop at the end. Christian yeah. Cage a great heel. Overall, Wrestle Dream is a good thing. I saw Tony Khan some stuff coming out of press conference. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna make it an annual thing." Okay, great. Now you have seven pay per views. Are you gonna learn to cut the shows down? Because four-and-a-half-hour shows, five-hour shows are not happening every week. And if you're going to do it, go back to Saturday, my man. Like, TK, love you. I know you listen to stuff because things I've said on other places, Nightcap Recap on Instagram, we've talked about it. Some, sometimes those changes happen. So, Tony Khan, I know you listen to everything because you're a big wrestling mark. I'm telling you here with my boys, the Maniacs, here on a Monday night at the Let's Talk Sports show, you gotta cut down. 
<laughs> you gotta, you gotta cut down a paper. You gotta cut down a paper few times, man. Too long. I don't mind for the big events. I don't care, especially the London one. I'll waste the Sunday afternoon, but the rest of them, no. Holiday weekends, fine. You want four and a half hours, great. If you want four hours, do it on a Saturday, because the Sunday stuff, done. Like that's well, a well, long you know, time. Any minor, minor notes here, long. fellas. Drew Locke is in at quarterback for your Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Yeah. Gino out of the game. I'm a yeah, worried, Gino's at it. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Drew Locke. <laughs> I mean, the way the Seahawks no, I'm been playing not tonight, I'm they, not either. The way the way the Seahawks been playing tonight, he might actually have a chance. Turnover right. city, and I don't mean apple or cherry. <laughs> well, both guys are turnover city, so it doesn't uh, matter. They're both from the same town. Well, Jim, just, just so you know, Tanner replaced Bodkins and Cruz with Sam Sun. So Sam Sun is the the extra maniac tonight. He's so. very cute. He's I like it. I like it. See. See, this is what happens here on Monday night. This is why I love my Monday Night Maniacs because you never don't know what's going to happen. Remember, Tanner, it goes back to Buffoons and Bakkins. We didn't know what was going to happen either. Never, never. Any Monday. You don't know. You, you do. didn't know what happens on Monday. You, you, you just have dealt, no idea. You dealt with the hands that are given to you while you're on the show. And that's, Absolutely. that's about it. I That's just it, follow man. orders. Tanner's like, do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I am? Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a follower. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see I that. Yes. <laughs> I just wish I had more sleep. That's right. So, I was I was running on empty yesterday, so. What, what, what's been your uh, surprise story in your preseason so far? If you have one. For, for the but, hey, hockey? Yeah, I mean, pre. I mean, it, look, preseason is a preseason. I really don't overreact too much to their preseason. Even, uh, you know, even most of the beat writers, I don't understand it. Like, I was listening to this today. I was actually talking to somebody about this today. It's like every other sport, the media, they don't care about preseason. Like, you don't see any tweets about it here, there. NHL guys are just like locked in on preseasons. Like, yeah. Bro, like, I don't care. Like, I'll give you my observations if I'm watching a game. I'll let you know what's going on. But, I mean, like, look, the big thing is once the season starts, people are going to, like, people are going to look at Patrick Kane. Where's he going to go? They had the video. Oh, he looks great. Dude, guys look great by themselves, too. Like, everybody looks great by themselves. Like, let's see game speed. Let's see how he reacts to cuts in a game, go back and forth. Like he's still got time, but it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. Could it be Dallas? Could it be Detroit? Could it be Buffalo? You know, name contenders, Toronto, if they can make the money work. Where can he go? But I think that I think Dallas, Buffalo, Detroit are places I could see him going. Uh, today, obviously the big news, Trevor Zegris gets his bridge deal with Anaheim. That's huge. They needed him back. I mean, look, you saw what I was saying. The Young kids like that you need in training camp, especially with new coach, new system in place, especially out in Anaheim. Pat Verbeek, what are you doing? At least you got the money settled. Now get Drysdale in because he missed all of last year with his shoulder. So you need him back in there. And then Ottawa's trying to make Shane Pinto work up in uh, with their cap situation. Who knew they were going to be up against the cap? So, look, a lot of, lot of players just still need to be signed. I mean, obviously everybody's going to focus in, on Bedard in Chicago, what he's going to do. But I think there's so many young players in coming into this league that, you know, the Calder Trophy may not be a lock for Connor Bedard. I think he still wins it. 
but I think that it's going to be a lot closer than people think just because of all the talent that's out there. And then one other thing I'm looking at is let's just see, let's see how the Atlantic plays out because, you know, with the news of Andre Vasilevsky, you know, having a back surgery, you don't know how those backs are. You know, we see with goalies with hips, you don't know how long they're going to be out. You don't know how long they're going to react. He said eight to 12 weeks. That's a minimum. I mean, you don't know how, how everything's going to come back. Is, he, is there going to be any setbacks? You just don't know with the back. So, Let's see if the Lightning can hang on. Same with the other Florida team, the Panthers. They had some injuries on their back end. So is this finally the year that Ottawa, Buffalo take that next step, get in the playoff mix? Because, look, if they can, Atlantic's going to be different. And I would not be surprised if the Boston Bruins somehow sneak back into this playoffs and get in the top three. I, I just – look, there's so, many, there's so many uncertainties right now that – why not Boston, right? Why not? Right. Like, this team right. is always – they're not dead until they're out of it. And I think you never right. know. I think there's – I've been talking to some people up in Boston. There's a um, – this team is motivated. This team is angry. This team is upset after what happened last year. I expect them to come out with a hot start. And especially when you have the goaltender tandem, the goaltenders that they do, that'll keep you in most games anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, my exactly. gosh. What a touchdown! Sorry, they can't. Just, they can't. They can't tackle Noah Fant going down the sideline. A tight end. Oh Come on, God. really? Who, who would have thought, oh, he who thought the former Broncos would make he, a touchdown? He just, he just jogged his way down the sideline. He's like, down. He didn't score. His knee was yeah. down at the one. I was, I, was like, I was like, that was too long of a fall to not be down though. Yeah, oh, yeah he's down. Really impressive though. Yeah, yeah. Look at that big fella. What, what is it? What is it with with uh, MetLife Stadium and quarterbacks this year? Yeah. I don't know, man. Something in the water, something in the turf. Could be. I mean, it is built, it is built in the air. So many air. Actually, he might have been out. He might have been he out. Might of have been out of bounds before, before he was even down. Yeah, the yeah. field goal kick is out already. So. So that's coming back. So okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, MetLife. Who knows? I mean, though, I will say this. Look, Zach Wilson's taking a lot of heat. For his performance, rightfully so. I thought he did just fine. I really but last did. night he looked like the Zach Wilson I remember from BYU. Yeah. Like yeah. Nathaniel it. Hackett brought up some plays. Collinsworth was take like saying, "Hey, got to move him out of space, get him away from the offense, and get him on a run." He looked good, and there's talent there, and I think that's why you don't bring in anybody because the kid knows the playbook, and they can now they realize right. I think the first couple of weeks they were still in shell shock. Like, Rodgers is not coming back. This offense is for Rodgers. But now, like, okay, we have to design this offense around this kid. What is his strength? Okay, he can throw the football. Okay, let's get him into space. Let's move him around. Let's get him away from that offensive line. And, yes. oh, what, oh, what do we have? Oh, we have Garrett Wilson. We got Brees Hall. We got Dal Okay, let's dial that up, too. So, look, they put up a good fight. They played well. Yeah. They played better than anybody expected it to. And Mike Tirico, by the way, I'm going to just let you know here, Rutgers, where Rutgers University plays, is 35 miles from MetLife Stadium, not 10. So anybody who's from New Jersey knows that it's not 10 miles away. Uh, I think the other thing was that I was impressed, you know, they talked about – how they were losing the locker room and what? Did you see those players rally behind Wilson, and patting him on the back, give him a hug, and everything yeah. like that? Like, 
It's a made up stories, made up it stories is. about looking up. Look, guys are frustrated. Yeah. Look, the guys are frustrated. They know guys are frustrated, but it, they got to block the noise out of guys on ESPN and all these people say, hey, Wilson's no good, losing a locker room. Guys are frustrated. They get it because everything, they went all in on Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers ain't there. Plain and simple, he ain't coming back. Okay? Got to face facts. The guy's not coming back. They gotta rally around this guy because Ooh, if they, sorry, because if they don't rally around this kid, his confidence is gonna go. The locker room's gonna be a mess, and it's just gonna be a waste of season. At one and three, it's still not over. If Zach Wilson could play like that every week, and the Daniel Hackett can actually do that kind of stuff, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. the Jets actually have a chance at something. Maybe, yeah, sure. Wild cards. Anything. He looked really good. His throws are spot on, and. I don't know. Maybe it's just being back at home and in the prime lights. You know that really helped things out. Chiefs missing a few pieces. Mahomes giving him opportunities to go throw the ball. Is it over? Is it is it over, Tanner? Is it over? I don't want to talk about Mahomes right now. (laughs) This slide. He's dead to me. Plus, I sent him to his room. He's not allowed to come out. Right move, but not for for us betters. It's a move. It's a new playbook for him to learn. It's going to take him two or three weeks to learn it in game. And, you know, even though he knows the plays, it's still going to take you to learn where the receivers are going to be, where they're not going to be, where do I throw, where do I – so so to me, if Zach Wilson starts playing the way – 80% of the way he played last night, the Jets will be just fine. Now, granted, are they going to beat yeah. the Dolphins and the Bills? Probably not, but are they going to be teams like the Patriots? Hey, they already beat the Bills once. They beat the Bills once. They already beat the Bills once. True. True. So, I mean – Look, guys, it's time for another impression. Uh, this is Al Pacino for any given Sunday. Gentlemen, we either live as a team or die as individuals. <laughs> That's how I feel the Jets need to be right now. That, that was for you. Go ahead, Jim. See, no, look, I mean, this is what happens. I mean, look, the Jets, look, the Jets are the Jets. And, and again, like I said, if Nathaniel Hackett can really dial up the plays that fit Zach Wilson like they did last night. Yeah. Even he yeah. said it. They're on the same page again. Okay, look, they're on the same page. If we can see more of that, I think the Jets have a chance. If we don't, well, this is going to be the same old story every week. Oh, what about Zach yeah. Wilson, this and that. It's just not about Zach Wilson because that offensive line is awful. Yeah, and screw Rodney Harrison for saying that after the show. Uh, come on, man. Salah Sal- said this morning that Rodney was going about it the right way. It's what he said. What did he say? I didn't even hear what he said. Oh, he, he, uh, he was trying Zach Wilson was garbage. Jones. Watching that tape, man, you got to look at this dude and say, "Oh, he is garbage. We should really tear him apart." Come he on. said that to Chris Jones. Come but on, he was trying man. To get you Chris can't Jones to go along with him. He was trying to. He was trying to get TV. Good Chris TV Jones tape. wasn't having it. He yeah, but that's Chris not Jones good TV. Wasn't. You know what good TV is? Is what Sam Hartman did on Saturday night. That's good TV. After Riley yeah. Leonard got hurt, that's good TV. Exactly. T exactly. Swift is not good. To, not good football, though. Yeah, oh. showing Taylor Swift nine thousand times is kind that, of that's kind of awful, man. Enough. She did not invent football. I'm tired of it. It's not sports news. It's not relevant. I don't care. I want to watch the game. If I wanted to watch Taylor Swift, I go to one of her concerts. I don't need to see her fifty million times. I really don't. Exactly. Preach. Exactly. Preach. Right. See, see if you can hear this here. Nope, because I can't even hear it. That's cool. I didn't want to share with you guys anyways. Fine. Fine. 
you know? Seriously? That's why you're the producer and I'm the host, okay? Well, whatever. But basically, he was trying to bait Chris Jones. I don't know what's going on here. Chris Jones wasn't having it. To his credit, he was not having it. So, see, the, the other thing that, that I don't get with NBC is, is they've changed the format. And so now Rodney Harrison is the post-game host, so to speak. Jim, I'll catch you, Jim. He, he should not be in that in that position as a post-game host. He's an analyst, and that's what he should be. He should not be asking the questions. He should he should be analyzing with the player. Hey, go to the telestrator and look on the telestrator and say, hey, tell me what happened on this play. And that and that's yeah. what we love him. And that, and that's he's very So yeah. Washington Chiefs gonna be in several. Yeah, it will be. I'll tell you that much. Not really. As long as we win, that's all matter. Right? Uh, is that what they say? Alan, as long as you win. Alan Tanner's willing to trade Mahomes to Dallas. You interested uh-huh. in him? Do you want him? Yeah. Well, well no, I don't want I don't want Dak because he's not gonna score a touchdown either. So no, I know that. I don't know that. <laughs> I'm out on that. Guy. I'm just going to throw the other uniform. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't Tanner, want that. Tanner, you chose violence today, young man. Goodness just go up by ten, dude. The same damn thing that you're doing, stopping at a two. Just go up by 10. Just go up by 10. Yeah. Are you saying well, he's yeah. not Let's, different? That's all you. It doesn't make sense. Scoring a touchdown or not scoring a touchdown would not have mattered last night. It would Just, not have mattered last night. It wouldn't have. There was, it wasn't like it was, you know, like three minutes left or anything like that, you know, no timeouts. No. Daniel Jones. It was like, what, 30 strong. seconds? Go, yeah. Get in the end zone, kick it off. Two, one or two plays max, and you're done. You're finished. Right. And you, everybody right. covers. Sure. Right. But no, that's a, no, no, no. That's a, that's a play that Mahomes did when it's like 35 seconds. Yeah. And the Jets, or or two and a half minutes of whatever or, it may be. Even for like a makeup, game. right? Even for a makeup for playing shitty the entire game. Like at least make it up with yeah. by scoring yeah. something, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I'm I not, get it. I'm not really mad at Mahomes, just to clear it up. No, it's just okay. Sit on the bed. Yeah, no, you're a little, you're a little frustrated with Mahomes. Let's be honest. Then that, that's okay. He, I'm well, frustrated with other people. I, I, how do you think? How do you think frustrated I am? Right? No, you know, I'm, no, I'm dealing with Ryan, the the roller coaster that is Ryan Tannehill. Oh, I know. I don't want and, none of your problems. Right, and so like, but the bottom line is this, and we talked about it. If he's not, if he's not starting. Then you have no chance of winning. Like that's just that's just how it is. And that's how it is. That's what I was talking about. Uh, that Cruz and uh, mm-hmm. Bakins always gives me a hard time about uh, yeah. is is the the fact that you know it's without Tannehill, your your team's not really really not good. Ever since he took over, he's eight and three in the division. And by the way, swept the Colts more times than Steve McNair did, and that's saying something. That is saying something. <laughs> uh, that's saying something. So as much as they want to like not like him, and I get it, to- trust me, it, he, he does something for that team, whether they like it or not. He does. He really does in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it. He did it. He, they he, threw the ball around. Again, they, they won. You know? I'm still stunned. I'm stunned. Um, and uh, to the, the – oh. I think with Tennessee – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh oh, are we here? Oh no! Everybody's losing the connection in the Northeast, man. Not me, baby. I plugged it all in. Man. You're not I'm, in the Northeast. No, I'm. I'm down here with the home cooking. Everybody in the Northeast is losing connection. Oh, 
Yeah, I know. What's going on up there? As long as as long as Rabel's the head coach of Tennessee, they're fine. They're fine. Oh yeah, I agree. Hi, Jim. You're back. I missed you. I don't you. know when, when when Tanner did what he did. My audio and stuff it, went out. It's, it's your northeastern internet connection. They stick. We hate your northeastern internet connection. <laughs> no, it's not my internet connection. It, if it's the internet connection uh, uh, above the Mason-Dixon line, we don't want it. You hear me? <laughs> Yo, the internet Listen, connection below the Mason-Dixon line is not as good. It wasn't the internet, though. I don't know what happened. It's just, I think StreamYard freaking out because StreamYard's been weird lately. Uh, it has been, yeah, been, yeah, yeah, it has been, it has been. And we better get yeah. to what Tanner wants to get to before the, before something oh, yeah. we crash totally. Yeah, yeah, he, he's gonna hurt us. He'll mute. Don't us worry, up. I'm not sharing anything because it seems to mess a lot of stuff Whoa. up. Yeah. So I mean, look, you know, Share Rocky Harrison trying to do good things, trying to do things on television it is what it is. But like I said before, Sam Hartman about Riley Leonard, that's good stuff. Great sportsmanship. Uh, in a great game by Duke and, Nor- and Notre Dame yes. uh, this past weekend. I uh, thought Duke was going to hold on to it. Mike Elko, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you decided to rush four on fourth and 16. You were bringing the house the whole night. You were dialing up pressure all, all night. And on that play, you didn't dial up pressure. And you got burned. And in the end, Notre Dame found a way to, to win the game. Look, yeah, let me I- ask you guys before we get to yeah, I know. Does it seem like coaching is really bad nowadays in football, pro and college? The there's two or three NFL coaches that are awful this year, beyond awful. College, well, do they overthink it? Do they overprepare? What I mean, what do you guys think it is? It's just talent, dude. Yeah, I think college it's is talent just talent. Managing talent. The, yeah. the difference in you know the recruits from you saw it from Oregon to Colorado. Right, it, oh, it's a yeah. difference in talent. It, in the it, end, it's just talent. It's talent, yeah. and, and I mean, look, look, Duke has talent, but they don't have Notre Dame talent, right? <coughs> like they just don't, and that's an issue. But they were in the game. I there's think also motivation, right? There's also, motivation. You want to beat yeah. Notre Dame, like this and that. Notre Dame probably should have played a lot better than they did. They probably should have blew the doors off. They didn't. They allowed Duke to stick around. But, again, poor coaching decisions. Also, mm-hmm. great play by Leonard, but then you get the pass interference when you're on the one-yard line on the final drive, that 95-yard drive. You can't. Those are mistakes that can't happen. They got That's the right. Hartman. It was almost a safety. They've almost put the game away. And then you get pass interference. Like, that's tough. You can't convert. And then I think Elko just overthought it there because – he just brought pressure three straight, maybe not dial it up again, but it's been working. And even Herb Street was saying it. It's like just he's sticking with what he knows, but then he went prevent. <coughs> and you can't do that because then they just let just, a wide open running space. Yeah. Those schools that aren't football schools, technically, right? The, the basketball or your small schools, the reason you see those upsets happen a lot because they take advantage of the actual football schools opportunity opportunities that they grant them right and mm-hmm. be able to yeah. do that two two missed calls two big calls three missed calls cost you that game despite mm-hmm. me right that, that's what it is in the end you you can't you can't allow for opportunity to slip your hands slip away from your hands and and expect a winning result as, no. a, as a school like that no again right. you have to take advantage of the situation that's there now you flip to the earlier game and you say 
okay. Well, USC's up 20. They should cruise. It's 48-21. They're up huge, right? Yeah. It's going away. Either A, they relaxed, or B, their defense is that bad that's going to cost them the Pac-12 championship and a spot in the playoff because it is – you cannot give up 20 points in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. They almost blew the game. They really did. They were on-site. Colorado was an on-site kick away from winning the game. Mm-hmm. He, they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yep. That's 100% I mean, Lincoln, I mean, I know that's Lincoln Riley's MO from his Oklahoma days, but there's a reason they dropped again in the in the poll. Their defense is not that good. It, it's just not no, that not. good. It isn't. It's not. You These gotta are be so able big to too. stop. Like yeah. you, look, the week before we saw Oregon just just kill them. They didn't even give them an inch out there defensively. No, they did not. They did not. I mean, nope. I mean, the bad part is now in college football, the number of legitimate national championship contenders, you could almost count on like one hand in two, basically six or seven. Basically, mm-hmm. LSU is done now. They yeah, were not, no. in in contention. No. They're done. Florida State, I, I think, is is really good, but I don't know if they're a legitimate national championship contender. I don't so we'll know find if they are either. Texas. We're gonna find out. We're gonna, <laughs> We're gonna find, find out. out. We're gonna find Texas, out if they are. Texas and Oklahoma. We'll find a lot out about this weekend coming up with the with but the. But does the game? But I was bringing up to somebody. Does this game really even matter? I know pride's on the line, but it's not gonna matter for rating for rankings and anything because they're the two best teams in the Big Twelve, and they're gonna have a rematch again in Jerry's world. I, right. I think it matters for Texas more than anything. I think that's a team that they want to get in that playoff contention. Well, yeah, I think it matters that's for Texas. But, the, but what happens if they play again in the Big 12 championship game and Oklahoma beats them? Yeah, yeah. then, you're, then yeah. you're out of the playoffs. Then you're out of the Probably. playoffs. You got, you got three teams in the Big 10, and two of them are going to get knocked out. You got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan mm-hmm. might knock one of, one of each other out. And Penn well, we State said that last year, and, and it didn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen, right? There's so. some teams that that will grant themselves a second loss, maybe a third. You know, at times, depending on three losses, it. don't get you this. It, there's you no anything. way this year. No, that it'll get no. you in. But I mean, you can do two losses for some of these teams just because of the way you know the where they're playing and everything against the strength of schedule. Well, you know? I, that's what I was surprised when the, when the AP poll came out. I was like. Because I was thinking to myself after watching Saturday, I was like, "Is does the does the poll are the pollers the guys that vote on this thing? They may actually knock Georgia down a spot." But then I kept thinking to myself, "Well, probably not because they're the two-time defending champions, right. the champs until proven otherwise." There's a difference right. between being number one in a poll and the best team in a nation right now. The best team in a nation right now is up for debate. A big debate. Oh, it is. Big it debate. Is. It, it, it yeah. could be Washington, Oregon, pick Michigan, Texas. Texas, yeah, I was gonna say Texas is in that range. I mean, you even could, Penn State, who's been dominating uh, teams. Yeah, I mean, Penn State had I, I, they turned the Jets on in the fourth quarter it's, against Northwestern. They did. <laughs> yeah, that, that game shouldn't have been that close. They saved, the fourth quarter. they saved that cover. I can tell you that much in the fourth. And, and by the way, the best team in New Jersey resides at Rutgers. They're four and one. So. <laughs> Yeah, wow. and they might yeah, be I five mean, and one if they beat Luke Fickles, Wisconsin. Hey, how many miles away is it from MetLife again? Thirty-five. <laughs> Mike Tarico, look at a map. Man. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, I mean, I heard that last night. But yeah, but the thing was, I heard that last night. I'm like, what? 
It's like, what, what the hell? <laughs> All the locals. <laughs> I said, I, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, if I, you take I always. A, if you take a right here and you go down the street and then you take a left, you can get there in 10 miles. You can't get there in 35, whatever it may be. But yeah. Michigan, I'm not. I'm not sold on Michigan. I've never been sold on a Jim Harbaugh coach team in, in college. Me neither. And, and that's I the mean, thing. And a lot of people put Michigan up there. I I don't put them up there. I, I, I don't mean, think they're, they're going to win the title. I don't think they're going to win the national title either. I think they're they're going to find a way to screw it up, like they always that's do. Right. That's right. So, look, that, I mean, if they beat Ohio State again, great. You're you're back in the playoff. You win the Big Twelve. You big win the Big Ten, but. You're gonna you're gonna lose 37-30-34 to a to a like a TCU like team in the first game. Yeah. Which that shouldn't yeah. happen, but it again shouldn't right. it shouldn't right. happen, but it did because they were so this was the problem. They were so amped up about we want Georgia, we want Georgia, we want the rematch that they yeah. forgot they were playing TCU. TCU, so exactly. Exactly. You forgot about playing TCU before you got you you're like, oh, we're in the final already. No, you're still playing TCU as a quality team. Like, you still got to play those guys. So, I mean, it's up for debate. You know, Texas, you know, like I said, one of the Pac-12 teams. It's, I mean, it's really fascinating this year to, to think that the SEC so down. And, again, yep. Nick Saban's not buried in the ground until, you know, he does, isn't in the SEC championship game and because Alabama found a way to come back. Ole Miss had a nice win. You know, that was – what a wild game that one was. That was fun. I watched the game. It was, it that was, was wild. That was, was wild. Nuts. Big 12 defense in SEC. Man, it's, these guys were just going back and forth the whole game. It was like 7 nothing after the first quarter. It, 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 it The first quarter was awful. So, and then all of a sudden, both quarterbacks said, okay – here we go, bombs, bombs away. Right. Yeah, it was ridiculous. These guys were scoring at will. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't Oregon and Washington play this week? Uh, uh, are they playing this weekend? Or is yeah, it Oregon weekend? Washington play this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big that's game. Be huge the the game other too. big game there is Kentucky and Georgia in Georgia. In Georgia. If if yeah. yeah, see, I mean, I would have given Kentucky more of a chance in this one if it was in it was Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, but but. I will say this, Georgia cannot get off to the start it did against this Kentucky team because they are really good. Kentucky yep. can I go mean. down the field this year and actually score. Uh yeah. no, by the way, Oregon, Oregon and Washington play the following week. All right, so they're not this weekend. Okay. They're the That's the marquee week. game. That's the yeah, marquee the, game of the weekend next weekend is Oregon yeah, Washington. Next week, yeah, yeah, next week cuz that's going to that's going to determine a lot in the Pac-12. It, it also will. determine the Heisman too, oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about David. the Missouri game. Missouri, yeah, Missouri. That's gonna that's a tough game for LSU because Missouri only almost beat Georgia last year. Well, LSU's oh, got no defense. Weird, but yeah, they have no defense. De- no defense. Oh. And by the way, I want to say this: Brian Kelly, who's dialing up plays? How does Malik Neighbors not even get a look on yeah. the final drives of that Agreed. game? Agreed. Agreed. The best wide receiver. In the SEC, does not get a look. I agree. I agree. Watch that game. It was like after they completed the forty-five yard pass, it was like, "All right, we're in there. We've done our job. We're not. We're not going to get our best receiver in, in the mix here." Boom! Like that was a great play. They dialed up to Thomas. Nice crossing route. You get forty-five yards. Okay, LSU looks like they're going to win this one. Penalty. Bad play. It's yep. Like, what are you doing? Yep. 
Oh, all the management. All the LSU had to do was stop them one time. One yep. time, and they win the game. And they couldn't stop them. They didn't stop do them. it. Couldn't they stop them. It was unreal. We got Ohio State at Mar- or with Maryland in Ohio State. Ohio State coming I off think the Ohio break. State should probably win they that game. Should, but I think Maryland can give them a, a I little. I think warm. Maryland will keep it close for a half, and I think Ohio State yeah. figures out. So I'll say fourth, like fourth quarter, you know. I'm impressed by Tua's brother at Maryland. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's been. He's I mean, playing really since, well. Dude, he's been good since last year too. He's been yeah. really turning it on. Yeah, I didn't watch them until this weekend because it, it was on the Big Ten Network. So I watched that game. He he's really impressive. I I, I really like the way he plays quarterback. So do we yeah, think maybe. Uh, maybe another matchup? I mean, number 14, 4 0, North Carolina has Syracuse coming off that Clemson loss, kind of exposed Syracuse in a way. North Carolina yeah. should win again. They the should biggest, the, they should the biggest, take care of that. The, the biggest question for North Carolina is their defense, like USC's, yeah. but North Carolina's defense, I think. If they could, you know, I, Syracuse is not the same team at home as they are on the road. On the road, they're not as good. So I think North Carolina should win this game. And, and let's see what their defense is about. That's the big key for me. That's how North Carolina wins the ACC is their defense. We'll see if it shows up. And they're still in contention for it. Easily. Yeah. Easily. One loss teams, you know, are, are still in it. What's your thoughts on Texas, Oklahoma, Jim? Should be a good game. I think that's going to be a fun game. Could yeah. be. I mean, Texas could can sling the ball as we saw last week. I mean, yeah. you know, the, and their defense is actually really good this year too. And Oklahoma's defense is really good. Is so this it might is. be a low scoring game. I mean, yeah, these two be. teams don't don't like each other. You know, it, this pride's on the line in this one, uh, in the in the Red River rivalry. So yeah. I, I love this game. I always watch this game. This uh, this is one of my when when I look for it on the calendar, I was like, oh, one in Texas, Oklahoma playing because to me, nothing better. Uh, yeah, I think I think Texas ends up winning this game. I know Allen's an Oklahoma guy, but I just feel like I just feel like Texas is on a different level this year. Sarkeesian is just has them playing. There there's something. In the water, Sam Ewers just looking good. I, I feel yeah. like Texas can finally end this losing streak. I do too. I do yeah, too. I think so. They ran really I well think. against KU last week. Even when it was close, you didn't feel like the Jayhawks really still had a chance. You know, no, no Jalen Daniels helped, of course, for Texas, no. but it did not feel like they had much of a chance uh, to, to finish the game as close as it was. You know, yeah. Exactly. Well, don't get me wrong, but Texas. They, they turned on the Jets. You saw them run the ball a lot better in that uh, fourth quarter as well, where they really yeah. kind of just started separating from mm-hmm. that score there. I mean, Texas, Texas is good this year. And we saw now, we saw the Bama game, uh, the way they pulled ahead early and stayed ahead. Uh, you know. I mean, it, there were times in that Bama game, though, that Alabama looked like Alabama, but, they did. Again, but their defense just couldn't stop anybody in that game. That was that was the big problem. You had that. You had Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming was a good test for Texas as well. Well, that they were coming off the. That was the game they were coming uh, off the big yeah. Bama win. So that you know, Wyoming kept that game close. Yeah, and they got Fresno State this week. Wyoming does. That should that's be a fun game. Yeah, that should be a fun game out west conference. Like so that it. should be pretty. Yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of games. That should to be a fun game. Yeah, we do. It's gonna be a busy, busy couple of days. <laughs> I have to reload. Get make sure it I get is going to be a busy, busy couple of days. Look, you know, sure, sure it'd be nice to have the Mahomes score. 
<laughs> a, lot, a lot of good action, conference plays here, a lot of good fun games in the college football world. Like I said, I tell everybody, like, I was at the preseason game, Devil Ranger game. I was like, like the results don't matter. The guys you want to play well, play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the preseason hockey, to me, the results don't matter. It's just how do the guys look, what's, how the line chemistry, the Devils got a nice line to Foley, Brad Hughes, they're clicking the power play. But like I said, there's things teams can work on that come out of the preseason. Oh, my team gave up five goals. Okay, big deal. It's not the regular season. You know, no. yeah. oh, so-and-so yeah. gave up. Yeah, who cares? It's, it's preseason. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. these results, goals, wins, losses, and all those points, they don't matter. No, I got to give it two, three weeks before I start betting hockey. In, in right, exactly, season. because nobody, nobody knows you what's going on. You got to give me some time to see exactly how these teams start taking effect, how they're scoring, where's the defense at, you know, at the time. It changes, of course, through the season. But you at least get an idea after two, two, three weeks of, you know, the over-unders especially, I feel. I was really successful in hockey last year, just following it, looking at the score. So I'm all about it, you know. it's it's. I'm excited for this thing to return. Well, we got nine days till the regular season. Eight eight more sleeps. Eight, till- eight more sleeps. Yeah, eight yeah, more nine days. Nine days. Yep. Yeah. Hey, let's uh real quick here, uh, because we got Jonathan here. We got to go over our Thursday bet as well. But let's go over here some futures on you. Uh, okay. I want to. I'm just just pick your brain a little bit here. Yep. Right. So yep. currently favored as the uh, best bet. It looks like we got uh, Colorado still favored for the Stanley Cup. No, absolutely not. No. No. no, there's no way. No. Carolina no. moved up from uh from where they they were actually fourth a couple weeks no. ago when we initially talked. No. No. They moved no. up plus nine hundred. No, I'm, I'm with Jim. I know exactly. I, I would. I would. I, I would have taken. I would have put a piece if it, if Carolina was at plus nine hundred. I actually would have put something down on that just because. But no, I'm not still there. not taking. I they play a certain way, and unless they change that way, they're not winning a Stanley Cup. So your next three are tied up plus eleven hundred. I'm looking here at FanDuel's line. So plus eleven hundred, Edmonton, New Jersey, no. and Toronto. No, no, no. Try, I don't know why Toronto's. Try, try three, four, and five. Next, <laughs> Dallas wow. at thirteen hundred. Vegas no. at thirteen hundred. Vegas yeah. thirteen hundred. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. That's the money. That's the one. That's the I, one. I think Vegas is at plus sixteen hundred on DraftKings. Uh, they're plus it's one of them. Vegas is plus twelve hundred in draft games. Bingo! Ding ding ding! Okay. We have a winner. That's, Look, why why me, they are I so still, low? Why they are no. so low? I have no idea. I still can't get a straight answer from anybody. I think nobody <laughs> believes that Aiden Hell can do what he does again. That yes, the team is different, but to me, Vegas has proven since day one they've come into this league. This team creates history. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They made the final in their very first season. They've been to the playoffs five of six years. They've been to the conference finals three years. Like, tell me a team right now that you have more confidence in in the Western Conference. Edmonton, same problems. Defense and goaltending. Still got to work on it. Colorado, tell me who their second-line center is. If it's Ryan Johansson, great. But guess what? Can they beat teams when it matters? Is the defense going to hold up? 
Kale McCarr is a great player. Devon Taves is great. Samuel Gerrard's great. Let's see if Alexander Gorgiev can stop a puck when it matters. Um, then you go to Toronto. I am not yeah. taking Toronto to save my life. Okay? No yeah. Chance. No way. No, no way. No way. After that no. whole debacle in the offseason, too. Mm-mm. Not even no one way. But eventually, it will be Toronto's time. It ain't this year. Sorry. They just don't prove it in the second season. They're a great regular season team. Just can't get it done. Right. New Jersey, I love New Jersey. Look, team I cover, rooted for this team for years. I still think they're a year away from being a cup contender because goaltending to me is still a weakness for this team. Their defense is a little different. Nemich looks really good. Luke Hughes looks really good. They're going to make some mistakes. Their defense is solid. Their offense, their top nine is probably one of the best in the league. But again, if they had gotten Connor Hellebuck, I'd probably put them ahead of Vegas because that guy can win series, win games when it matters. He's like Andre Vasilevsky. Okay? There's a reason why Tampa was the favorite for how many years. It was because of Vasilevsky and who they had on that team. Colorado, look, Colorado might not even win their own division this year. That's how good Dallas is. And there's real steam about Patrick Kane going to Dallas. He loves that team. He loves playing there. If they land Patrick Kane, I mean, Dallas is going to be a real threat to win that division. Is Kane Kane not with New York anymore? No, he's a free agent. Oh, I didn't know. I thought he got signed. No, he's he's still still out there. Whoa. He could swing swing the pendulum depending on when he signs in terms of a team. If he goes to Buffalo to to add to that offense, that's scary good. Yeah, you add, if he goes to Dallas, that with the guys there, he knows a bunch of guys there. So, look. man, that'd be man, that'd be something there. Dude, look there are sometimes. So there are sometimes when I feel that Vegas, not the Knights, Vegas, want you to take a certain team so they can make money. In this case, I think Vegas is saying, "Don't take the Golden Knights. We think they're going to be bad because we really think they're going to be." Ridden with the Stanley Cup. So don't take them. Take these other top teams and leave the Golden Knights down there and they'll win the Stanley Cup and we won't lose a lot of money. That's what I think they're doing. They're baiting you into taking somebody else. And and I think and I think I'm not falling into the trap of taking that bait because I would bet Vegas to repeat because I think that's how good they are. Their defense hasn't changed. Their goaltending hasn't changed. Their offense minus Riley Smith. Okay. They add plug-and-play pieces. And, yeah. Jim, I, I know Bruce Cassidy. He will not take the foot off the pedal at all with no. them. He will keep his foot on the pedal and and make them work harder because they're the defending champions. And that and that will help Vegas in the in the playoffs, I think. Look, so. Bruce Cassidy, bet you he told his boys after they won, okay, great, go enjoy it for a little bit. But you're – Get ready. But you're – your butt is back on the ice on this date starting to train, and we are going to be ready to work when we get in. Same thing that Andy yeah. Reid and Mahomes do, you know. Hey, yeah. let's enjoy it. Let's get back to work. New year. Right. So, know. to me, I, I, I think the play is Vegas. I agree with Scott. I think they're telling you, oh, well, why don't you take this team? Why don't you take this team? <clears throat> there might not be as much action on Vegas. Right. And that play. Hey, let's look here real quick here at the Hart Trophy winner. Which I assume is the rookie of the year. No, um, MVP. MVP. Sorry, MVP. MVP. So we got. Uh, that's right. Never mind. It is MVP. I was reading the names wrong. Uh, McDavid. Mc Mac. Uh, Mac McKinnon. 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 Oh, it is McKinnon. Okay. McKinnon, yeah. Uh, Matthews and Dros- Drosalti. 
We got plus oh, one ten. Yeah, dry side. Oh, yeah. Dry side. Okay. Plus one ten for McDavid. Plus twelve hundred for McKinnon. Plus sixteen. Plus eighteen. Plus eighteen. Uh, sorry, Hughes is plus eighteen. That All rounds right. out your. Uh, so so here's here's the great debate, right? And it's in all of sports. It's in every sport. Do you get superstar fatigue? Because the best player in the NHL is Connor McDavid, and he should win Cocaine, the Hart yeah. Trophy every. Year. He should win the Hart Trophy every year. The question yep. is: is if somebody does something super special and his point totals are down, do they go another way? Even though McDavid will mm-hmm. have whatever he has, that's that's where this award is so tricky. To me, I say you always bet McDavid because he's the best player in the world. But there's going to be a time when I'm going to say Jack Hughes is going to be up and win this award. Or guy on his own team, Dreisaitl, can win it. I mean, remember, the year Matthews won, he won the Rocket. He won the Art Ross. He won all the major awards. So, I mean, I like McDavid. I always will like McDavid, but it, it the voting comes down to superstar fatigue. That's fair enough. Yeah. You see it in every yeah. sport. You, you do. See it yeah, in you every really sport. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you do. like I mean, you go back, like you're telling me, like, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but you're telling me LeBron James is an MVP after the, the season he has is like go back years, like somebody else would win MVP. I'm like, yeah, okay. You can like, never win three. In, in you the can't Indian. win three in a row. Joker, Joker should have won last year. Instead, right. they they had to give it away to Embiid. Because right. Jordan never won current. three in a row. Every year they won a the championship, he should have been MVP in the in the regular yeah. season. It does. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's a superstar fatigue. It's right. what it is. It's superstar fatigue again. If Connor McDavid's put up to another 150 points, 60 goals, whatever, he's getting it. If he falls short and somebody else does something special, like say, for instance, Jack Hughes becomes the first player in Devils history to get 100 points, which I think he's going to this year. If that's a bet, take it. Um, Then he might get it. You don't know. Like, you you don't know because, again, it's superstar fatigue. But to me, the plays, the plays McDavid. McDavid until further. Yeah. and on FanDuel, he's still plus money, right, Tana? Yeah, plus DraftKings, he's plus money. yeah, yeah, so he's plus money. But what I tend to do is, is I'll put some money on the favorite, and then I'll put some money on a guy like Jack Hughes. I would take. I, I think that's the. I think to me that's your dark than, horse this year. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I think Jack Hughes is gonna. I think I personally believe he's gonna be a finalist, just because he's he's really that good. And I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that because I'm biased because I'm a Devils fan and uh, like I've covered this team. Like he is that he is, good of a player. He's been good. He's been good for a while. So he's just Calder take Trophy winner. winner. Yeah. So the Calder Trophy winner, Rick. which is your rookie of the year, yep. which is the one I was thinking of earlier. Uh, Bedard uh, minus twenty, minus one twenty uh, is not like there's no plus in this. Minus one twenty is your best bet on him. Uh, Cooley in Arizona plus twelve hundred. And he was plus thirteen hundred. Everybody else is two thousand or more Man. in the odds. Look, it's hard not to. I mean, look, Bedard's definitely gonna be the guy. Um, if you want to win money, uh, look, Devin Levi in Buffalo, I think is a, would be a good play. Plus two thousand. 
Yeah, I mean, Logan Cooley could be dude. Adam Fantilli could be another guy that could be a dark horse for the, for the Calder Trophy. Again, I think Fantilli's going to have a great season in Columbus. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he's such a special player. I don't think Carlson's going to be in the mix in Anaheim, but, you know, again, you you, you find these, these guys that come out of nowhere. Yeah, Tilly plus 2,300. Yeah, I mean, that's a smart play. You could spread some money out around here and, and, find a winner real real nice i mean to me i think that's uh, i think that's where you go I, I don't know if you go favorite here just because i think he wins it but i think i think you gotta go find some money someplace like a yeah. um yeah like a, a fantilly like a levi guys like that no uh, yeah i i agree yeah. on that yeah who else is on that list by the way uh you have clark at plus 2000 levi plus 2000 uh, Fantilli plus 23, Knees plus 25, or, or Nyes, Knees. Yeah, Nyes, Matthew Nyes, Matthew Nyes. Uh, Evangelista, Evangelista yeah. uh, plus 25, and uh, that was the final in the two twos uh, right yeah. from Seattle starts at three. So Yeah, I don't even know if Shane Wright's going to be on Seattle this year to start, so I, I don't think that's the play. Um, Fantilli would be a nice wouldn't be a nice bring back if he wins it. I think yeah, I think I think Fantilli's I think the Fantilli's probably there. Levi, like I think everybody's gonna I think the money's on Bedard, but again, Luke Hughes. There this is why I say it's so it's so wide open. There David Jurek, you know, again, there's so many young players, and there are guys on this list, like there'll be players that come out of nowhere that is like, wait a minute, who's this dude? Like Nadelkovich, the one year he was not. I was like, "Yo, who's this guy? Like, where'd he come from?" Or Stuart Skinner last year. Like, wh- what? <laughs> These guys are rookie eligible still. So yeah. I think you go find money here. I don't. I don't think you bet the yeah. favorite. You don't have to sit sit there at minus one twenty. Yeah. All right, right. Let's, let's let's talk about it here. Let's get our picks here for next week on Thursday. Yeah, two one one, right? I'm, I'm two and one. Yep. Correct. Correct. I haven't scored it yet, but yes, you uh, you were Lions <laughs> minus one and a half. Myself, Johnny, were also minus one and a half, and J- uh, John was also mi- minus one and a half. I mean, that was kind of. I mean, that was kind of easy to take the minus one and one and a half for the Lions. Don't, I mean, don't talk to Nick Scott or Sam about it because yeah, you know, we don't want to turn love and hope for the best. No, I basically think Green Bay because of the, because of Watson and Jones coming back. I thought that would help them out a lot. No, no, Scott, so, stop, stop, Jordan Scott. Loved it's a, it's Jordan a, it's Jordan a lion. Himself. You were trying to suck up to Nick. I know what you guys are doing. Trying to suck up to Nick. Well, no. guess what? Guess what? I, He's just a peon in my scheme. So don't suck up to that guy in the Packers right. and the Cubs. Easy, easy there, Madoff. All right, okay, take it easy. All right. Uh, so no, we Chicago, Washington. In Washington, man, uh, for for this, you get a worse NFL game on a Thursday. What? Which one is it? Who is it? Chicago in Washington. Oh goodness! So you're we're gonna we always go by DraftKings here. So DraftKings is still at the seven point seven mark line. So minus seven for Commanders. I mean, Christ, (laughs) Washington's given seven. How come Washington's seven? seven? Come on, really? Oh my God! Watch them cover it too. I know. Yeah, I know that. I know Watch that. Them we are cover lot. it. Watch them cover it. I just well, the Chicago. The, you know the Chicago coaching staff's going to say Justin Fields said you had too good of a game. We can't have you have a good two good games in a row. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> it, 
I mean, I, I mean, shit. I'm not. I don't really want to take the Bears. Like, I really don't. I just don't have any faith in this team. I don't know how you. So bad. They're like awful. Can we abstain? Do we have to pick? I've already tried that Broncos Bears and a couple other the Colts uh, Texans. Can we really abstain? Like this this is like really bad. Like what was the? And it's seven out of everything. It's seven. Seven. Yeah. It couldn't have been like four and a half. Right, you just pick the money line instead of the instead of points. <laughs> yeah, can we take like can we take like the over under in this game? Well, <laughs> here's, here's here's in all honesty, I did. If it was under seven, I got Washington at six, so I took Washington minus six. At seven, I I I can't touch seven. <laughs> I really That's can't too, touch seven. It's man. gonna end up like twenty four seventeen. You what? You what? Yeah. I think I think um, oh. you know what just for just for the hell of it I'm gonna take Washington minus seven just for the hell okay. of it. Commanders minus seven for Jim's Thursday night because I don't believe in the Bears. I don't <laughs> it was so bad. No, I don't either. I don't, I don't believe either. in the he, Bears. He's upset about that. He has to pick this. He's, he's generally upset. <laughs> well, a the game sucks. Yesterday, for, the game sucks for, too. The, the game sucks. The line sucks. This is like, okay. It's bad. It's just bad all around. It's awful. It's awful. I would not bet this with game that, if I actually had to bet this game. I, we're, yeah, back the, I mean, <laughs> we're back to the Thursday night bad games again. So here's one. Like, I mean, if if we could, like, if there was any other, if I could exchange any game, I would do it. Tanner, do you, do you know when this um, change in game starts? Do you know when this flex schedule comes out? Is it not till like, December later, or late man, November? Later, Is later. It later? It's, uh, it's, it's, like, week seven or week eight. They can start flexing out. I thought the NFL was supposed to give Amazon, like, good games or something. Weren't they supposed no. to give Amazon good games? No. They just gave them games. They gave yeah. them games. That That's doesn't mean need. they have to be – they didn't have to be good. Young because what happened was is – what happened is is – ESPN started crying that the Monday night games were not good. So they had to accommodate ESPN and NBC for those primetime games. Yeah. Well, tonight's, tonight's a perfect example of a not good game. You got Drew Locke in the quarterback for the Seahawks. Jeez, come on, really? <laughs> Look, I didn't expect the Giants to win this game anyway, so it don't matter. No, I didn't, I didn't think so either, but Gosh. Daniel – it's Everybody, everybody's coming down now. It's just like we're down man. on the NFL right now. Look, we're not look, the pro, the pro, again. Even they're pointing it out. Peyton's talking about. It. They're showing it. The picture. Get Jalen Hyatt involved in the offense. This kid. <laughs> I don't get it. Away speed. They just don't do it. They don't they do don't anything like that. Do it. Yeah. The kid well, single-handedly well, beat Alabama. And he's not involved. Daniel Jones is the is one of the worst bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL. He just is. He really so is. The bad. Giants have no offense. They have no offense at all. This this kid, Daniel Jones, he's he's awful. He, he really is. He's throwing balls behind guys. He had Matt Breeder. He threw a pass to. It was behind him. Matt Breeder stumbled, caught the ball, and then stumbled when he turned. Like, come on, man. So bad. Come on. I'm I'm done with the Daniel Jones. I really am. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Jim. Your Wait, first of all, Tanner knows how I feel about him. And everybody, the whole world knows how I feel about Daniel Jones. So it, I can't continue to say the same stuff I've been saying for the last can't. five years. Can't. You because can't. it's plain yeah, and simple. Can. Jim Jim and I and Nick have had a really good discussion about it before. So, uh, yes. But there's I nobody out there. But there's nobody so, out so, there. So, Tanner, the two, the two things that came out of the Buffoon and Barking show with Jim – is your Jim hates Daniel Jones and the Blackhawks are on this ten year ten year rebuild? That's correct. All over plan. Is that? I'm sure there's there's more, but that that's yeah, your yeah, main, main point right now. So, so yeah, yes. that's okay. what we got right. right now. That's oh, that's Gino's back it. in the game here. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, he is. He's back. He's been back. So yeah, he's not moving as well. Didn't it's look just, like it. He's fine. Yeah, he'll be all right. Jim, appreciate you guys. Go check out Jim at full press coverage. That that podcast up there. He has a couple of shows there. You always catch him here at Let's Talk Sports on Puckett. Uh, look, great stuff. As always, Jim. Always I appreciate love you, Jim. You every Monday. I love you. It's great. Always a pleasure. Guys, always a pleasure to be here on Monday night with my maniac. Yeah. I'm missing a couple, but that's okay. Yeah. Remember whose game is it? LA night. LA yeah. Night. Yeah. 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 Guys, that's enjoy. Have a good one. We'll be back again. I'll be back again next week. We'll catch you next Monday. See you, Jim. Peace out, gentlemen. See you. Uh, Bye-bye. Boy, that was kind of a downer way to end it, though. I mean, gee whiz. It was like. Tim's down in the home. Talking about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I know. I know. I just, I don't know. I, I like good energy, and that that was just like. I just ruined it. Like he was kicking it while he was down. You know, we're like, yeah, Daniel Jones is just awful, bro. Well. You know, we're we're gonna be talking about Dan Energy in the beginning here of this segment. So Oh yeah. Uh, next up on the Let's Talk Sports Show, Jonathan Grisham. He'll be able to get a word in edgewise because Nick Botkins is not here. <laughs> How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh let's welcome in the great Jonathan Grisham. What's up, coach? All right, what well, what is the deal with this here? So what? Nick's not here tonight. Yep. <laughs> so I went and got a damn Packer shirt to full, fulfill my bet with him, and he's not even here. I went and got this stupid oh, shirt. He set you up. Hey, y'all my witness. He set you up, Jonathan. This counts to that one. My, it my does. Tweet. It does count because we're witnesses right here. We're witnesses. The hell. The nerve of yep, him. Yep. Yep. Just because his Cubs got eliminated, and the Packers Packers got their ass kicked, he wants to. He wanted to talk about me during the summer when the Cubs beat beat the Braves in Chicago in July. He wants to come after me about avoiding. Disappointed. I'm very disappointed. Jonathan, we have put an ad out on Indeed for a new host for the Let's Talk Sports (laughs) Show. So. Scott, I'm right here, bro. I'm right here. Anyway, so I got the, the guy that's quiet when Jonathan's explaining something. I'm right here. I feel that like I'm. This is burning me right now. Like this is this is horrible. This this it ugly it, color. Like, itchy? like you get an itch everywhere, you know? No, like I, I feel like I got chicken pox right now. This is so bad. <laughs> do you have uh, Do you have chicken pox when you're thinking about your uh, Saints offense? No, I got I got hives when I get you know, watch that, when, I, when I watch that offense. It's just as bad as watching LSU's defense this past weekend. Yes. I, you know, like, I, I, I don't I don't know what was worse. Like then that's 
Jonathan has admitted if he could take LSU's offense and the Saints' defense and put it together, no problems. We'd win championships. We'd be the best team in the NFL. We'd be the best team in college football right now. Correct. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane to be able to watch. Which, again, for 15 years, we saw New Orleans uh, Saints offense just absolutely break records and torch people. Now we came and we came and scored touch. uh, We came and scored one touchdown, let alone touchdowns. And then we watched the LSU's defense, which was known for physicality, known for just absolutely balling DBU defensive line that are in, L- in the NFL every year. And we see that we met. I think they calculated out it was twenty-eight missed tackles. Twenty-eight. That was yeah. calculated calculated yeah. out by LSU's coaching staff. Twenty-eight missed tackles that it accumulated over two hundred yards for Ole Miss. That is unacceptable. I watched, I, watched, I watched that whole game, LSU and Mississippi. It was on at 6 o'clock on ESPN. So before I switched over to the Air Force game, I watched that whole game. Their defense, it, it's one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. It is really bad. So I, it, it, I don't know. So interesting aspect. I got a, uh, I got a, uh, a buddy of mine who is very close with some of the, uh, the uh, people at LSU's athletic department. Let's just say – the D coordinator for uh, LSU, it was his daughter plays um, little league softball. It was very uncomfortable for him to be at the at, the, at his daughter's uh, game with all the oh, LSU wow. fans in Baton Rouge. It was very uncomfortable for him. So, yeah, and I can. Yeah. I, my response was when I got told that was, yes, that was unacceptable. That was absolutely unacceptable. LSU fans will come oh. after you if you don't perform, especially against Ole Miss. You don't. We don't lose to Ole Miss. We're not supposed to lose to Ole Miss. That is that, that is one game that you're not supposed to lose to. And for them to set records like that, 700 yards of offense, that's atrocious. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. It is. It's rough, man. It's, it's what, such a what rough go. Yeah. I mean, I know one. every team has a weakness someplace. Did Brian Kelly just say I'm going to go out and get a bunch of offensive toys and screw and forget the defense? I'm just going to I'm just going to allow it to. I mean that's that's what it looks like to me. Is he he went to the offensive side and said, okay, I'm going to get all these wide receivers and this quarterback and this stud talent, and then they figure out the defense later. I don't well, I don't know how to figure. Out. The, the issue again, there there is talent on that defense. I mean again, Harold Perkins. But the problem is again, is you turn Harold Perkins, who was one of the best pass rushers in college football last season, you turn you put him as an off ball linebacker, which he's not. He does not do. He was he's never done it before. Did they told him in high school, attack, go get the quarterback, yeah. go get the ball. That's what he did in high school, and he did that last season. And Mike, he was the All American freshman. Now he's he's just a body. They absolutely changed, and, yeah. they, and the the thought process of it makes no sense because they said we're putting him off the ball like this to increase his value for when he goes to the NFL. Yeah. I'm sorry. Last time I checked, pass rushers make more money than off ball linebackers. <laughs> they make more money. The, the linebackers want to be essentially pass rusher defensive ends in three four defenses. They want to be pass rushers because they know they'll get twenty million dollars. Whereas off the ball linebackers are going to make fourteen million dollars, so it made no sense. And then I mean, Mason Smith is still coming back from his ACL injury. He was one of the best D linemen we have uh, with Makai Wingo as well. The issue for LSU is there's nobody in the secondary. This is DBU. 
And there is yeah. not a good sec- a good cornerback that we have currently on this roster. The, sa- the safeties are too soft. I mean, there's you know, go back to the LSU the LSU defenses that people feared. Physicality was the biggest uh, characteristic of LSU defenses. The secondary was the one that started it with guys like LaRon Landry, guys like Craig Stelts, guys like uh, you know uh, Jamal Adams. I mean, those guys that that yeah. just you, you you feel it. You get hit by those guys, and you feel it a week from uh, a week later. You still feel yeah. it. There's nobody exactly. in this on this defense that provides that. There's no physicality. I saw there was a couple of runs. I saw that you know the the quarterback stopped and just let the uh, receiver go for Ole Miss, and he got 20 extra yards. But I'm sitting there thinking, what are you like? Throw your body, yeah, do something. Did stop, stop. I remember seeing that. Yeah, that was, and that was in the fourth quarter where you needed a stop. You needed a stop to to uh, to win the game, and he let him run by. That doesn't happen for LSU. So I, there's issues right now. And again, I can't be. I can't go into detail as far as what I know because I, it's what I was promised uh, to. You know, with, but there's some issues in house again at LSU with right. in the athletic department and the coaching staff and whatnot. There's there's issues again. I can't go into full detail, but yeah. it, it's a mess right now with the football program. Again, with the other other sports, the women's basketball is obviously thriving. Baseball is obviously thriving. For some reason, the football program has this stench about you know uh, instability. And it's kind yeah. of continuing with Brian Kelly right now until they can get that figured out. This is kind of like we'll, we'll be a really good team. We're just not going to be a championship team uh, you know, until they can at least address the the elephant in the room. Yeah, and they're paying Brian Kelly an exorbitant amount to be there. They're still paying Ed Orcheron. They're still paying Ed Orcheron yeah, too right now. Yeah, so they're, they're paying a lot of money to their football head coaches, one which is not there anymore. And they're getting these results. I mean, on defense, fifty-five points to Old Miss. Come on, really? Mm. Old Miss do They can't score fifty-five points by themselves. You can't do that to Old Miss. You can't do that. You know, you can't do that against Old Miss. You certainly can't do that well against uh, Lane Kiffin. As much as yeah. I, I despise Lane Kiffin, dude's a freaking oh. prick. But oh. I, 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 you can't let him do that to you. You can't let Ole Miss do that to you and then expect you know, expect confidence going into the rest of the season, especially with Alabama still, you know, in, in late no, in uh, November, still around the corner, you know, a month away from now. So it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know where we go right now, especially with the offense that, the, I mean, Jaden Daniels should be in the conversation for a Heisman Trophy, but he's not going oh, to get no the consideration. Doubt. He's not going to get the consideration because they're not going to win enough games and be and be highlighted enough for him. You have you have so much talent on the offense side. They're moving the ball. My goodness gracious! You should have won this game if you just got a couple stops. Ole Miss got a couple stops. That was and that was the difference. They got they got big stops. We did, and there was a difference in the ball game. How much? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess what's the thought here going into this upcoming weekend? Here you got undefeated Mizzou, who's looked good at times, looked bad at times, but they're still pulling out the dubs. You know, now you're going against a five and zero confident Mizzou club. With LSU coming off that loss, they, they, you got to find a way to answer the bell. I, I don't really know what we do from here. I don't really know where we go until they change and then they make a change, just personnel-wise, players and, and, and put them in the position to execute. I don't know what what's going to be different. Um, Mizzou, I don't see as high, as high-powered as as what we saw with Ole Miss. So I'm not. If we give up. 
if we give up over 450 yards of offense to Mizzou, somebody needs to lose their job. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. You know, you give up 40 points to Mizzou as a shootout again, somebody got to lose their job because that's just mm-hmm. – the, 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 we're, we're border – there was a, a reporter or one of the beat writers for LSU, they said uh, during, after the game, never thought I'd see a defense be just as bad, if not worse, than the 2020 Bo Pelini defense we had, which Ooh. set records for LSU. And that's where we're kind of at right now with this group. I don't think we're there yet. If you give up 450 yards and 40 points to Mizzou, yes, I think we're there then. And if that's the case, again, somebody has to lose their job. Yeah. By yeah. far. By far. Like, oh, wow. Wow. You said that Good name days. with that record. Goodbye. What Seattle just returned. Seattle. They just returned a fumble. 90-something yards. Daniel Jones fumbled? I think so. Intercepted. Yeah. It was an interception. Oh, intercepted? Intercepted. Daniel Jones threw an interception. Oh, yeah. Look at him run free. <laughs> <laughs> Like a gazelle in the savannah, classic making his way. Classic. Let's let's talk about the other NFL team in the room, huh? Let's talk about it. Derek Carr Ooh. ended up playing for the Saints. He ended up playing, which I was uh, very surprised to see him out shoulder there. injury. Yeah. Uh, did it mean anything though after seeing what you saw? I, I, I'll go to the same direction I just talked about with LSU's defense. Is, you know, coaching's got to get better. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there's so much. Derek, you can see Derek has no trust in the offensive line. And that's, again, which is, that's probably the more disappointing part of the offense wise is that they can't protect Carr. This is not a bad offensive line. I mean, you have Ryan Ramchek, who has been, you know, for six years, one of the best right tackles in the game. You have Eric McCoy, who's a good, who's a, you know, good center. You, you, you have good pieces on the old line, but he doesn't trust them. He's getting hit and he's, he's being pressured almost every, with four man rushes, he's getting pressured. So you can see he's got happy feet. His eyes are not downfield as long enough to where you can let Olave get work. You can let Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid get work. And they're they're not utilizing Thomas and what his strengths are. His strengths are 5 to 15 yards. They're having him run 12 to 18 yards, uh, yard routes. So yeah. Yeah. I don't understand the play calling for Pete Carmichael and what he's doing right now. And it's been stale. It's, it, you know, the, the lack of creativity to get guys open. Is is more of a problem than Derek Carr right now. I think Derek Carr is a is a product of bad play call with the O line a little bit, you know, shaky. I, 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 was I happy that he played? Yes. Did he give us a chance? Did he give us the best chance to win a game? I think so. Yes. I think he was a better chance than James than what Jameis could have done for us. I, you know, I know Jameis is healthy, and then Carr probably was. Carr's throwing the ball. He threw the ball fine. I didn't see. I didn't notice any any you know lack of arm strength. He was throwing the ball fine downfield. He was hitting. You know, accuracy was a little bit off. Trying to probably mechanics were probably a little bit forced on certain passes, but he was still moving the ball. He was still able to throw it downfield. So I, I don't. I don't really put it and say that. Yeah, you know, Carr shouldn't have played. He was healthy. He played. He did fine. But again, it's there's there's bigger issues right now. And I think that the, the coaching staff the same thing. You got it. You cannot score nine points and think and, and score, or score. We haven't. I don't think we scored twenty points in a game yet. It, you know, so that you're not. You can't win. You can't win in the NFL in today's NFL. You can't do that without scoring twenty points. And expect to win every game. Let your defense. So you're gonna, you're wearing out your defense right now, and that showed again this past weekend. You know, it showed again yesterday. This defense, which is one of the tops in the NFL, in my opinion, and they're starting to get run through because they're on the field too much. 
because the offense is not moving the ball and taking and, and being able to put points on the board when you need them to put points on. So, so the way the status are in the whole NFL Sunday, Alvin Kamara, 13 catches, 33 yards. It's like you're just throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and say, Alvin, go make a play. And there's three defenders sit, standing there waiting forced. for the guys to come to him. Yeah. You're forced to throw behind the behind – the, And Chris Olave uh, got two targets and one catch for four yards. He didn't try to stretch the field, so that tells me that Derek Carr's shoulder was not ready to play on Sunday. Did he do fine? Yes. But he's throwing these stinking dunks now, instead. Now, Scott, going back to uh, you know another – uh, topic guys of what happened with Buffoon and Bakins, right? Last year, Jonathan was saying that it felt like Dennis Allen was having this uh, team as, you know, a continuation of, you know, what Sean Payton was essentially his regime and everything instead of having his own kind of mentality, his own locker room, essentially. Are we still seeing that Jonathan? Is that, is that what we're going into a issue now? Is that, Hey, we're two years, we're almost a year and a half in. And we're still seeing the same kind of thing? Yes and no. To the offensive side of the ball, yes, because Carmichael is still in, in there. You're still trying to run Sean Payton's offense without Sean being the one who's calling the plays. Sean calls plays when he was when he's head coach. He's calling plays in Denver right now. Pete is trying to run that same offense without the understanding and creativity to be able to take advantage and be able to understand mismatches. That's the thing. What, what, what Sean did with Drew Brees was, I, I have a mismatch. I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to make sure you, you – I'm going to make sure you give me that mismatch. When you put guys in motion, when you're able to line up guys in certain areas, we haven't seen that. Again, put Kamar, put Kamar out wide a little bit more. We, we saw that at times with Pierre Thomas. We saw that at times with Reggie Bush which, with, when Sean Payton – Use Kamara. Kamara is one of the best uh, pass-catching running backs in the league. Put him out wide a little bit more. Create mismatches. Utilize yeah. your, your guys a little bit more. We don't see that with Pete. Pete does, Pete's trying to run the same offense that Sean runs without the understanding of how to run it. And I, it's, it's like I said, lack of creativity, and it's lack of, lack of understanding. That, yeah. that is the last puzzle piece of, of the Sean Payton regime of New Orleans, other than Dennis Allen being the head coach. Because the defense side of the ball, Dennis brought him his guys. He's yeah. got his defensive coordinator. He's working working his defense, his secondary coach, his linebacker coach. He's got his guys running those uh, running the, uh, the defense side. You still have Sean Payton guys running the offensive side right now, and that's where I, I think a disconnect still until and and again the focus was we want continuity, we want stability, but you're not you're not providing what you want as a head coach if you're running somebody else's scheme. And it's still that way this year. And you're seeing you're seeing the main guy who created the offense not being there. It doesn't work that way. Get a get somebody, and that's why they that's why he did bring John Gruden in a few times in, the, in, in training camp to I guess in a way to to get a little bit more of his own of what his own concepts or something that he wanted John's concepts to be brought in. But that's you can't. It's not. It's, you're not. You're not a baker. You're not bringing in different ingredients. Hey, we're going to run Sean's uh, system with John Gruden's system. We're going to try to mix and match and see if it, it doesn't work. Do that. Work like it doesn't work that. It doesn't work like that at all. And, and so that's where again, at some point, and I think this is last, this is Pete Carmichael's last year in New Orleans because I do think he'll end up going to Denver 
next year uh, and, and be with Sean again, or people may just retire uh, as well. But this might be Pete's last year in New Orleans where Dennis will get one more. He'll get one more chance after the, if, if let's just say this season kind of tanks and we miss the playoffs again, which will be the very disappointing because this was supposed to be our division. We were supposed to win this division. We had the best team. We had the most talent. We on paper had the best quarterback. If you don't win this division when the division is down as it is, that's a very disappointing look. And that might be Dennis Allen being on the hot seat in 2024, but they're going to let him bring in his offensive coordinator that he wants. If it does, if it fails again, he's out of a job at that point. That's my opinion on it, but they're going to give him a chance. But I think you have to make a change at OC to say, Dennis, you need your guy. Who do you want running your offense and putting together the, the system that you think is going to be successful? You cannot run somebody else's system. Just like you learned that last year, you can't run the program that somebody's not in house with. Yeah. No, you said it yeah, perfectly. Agreed. I, I, agreed. I'd be depending how what where the, the season results in, right? I think uh, I think if you're like third or fourth place for some reason in this horrendous division. I can see Alan. I can see him gone. I can see him gone. I don't think he gets a third. If you're, if you're in that yeah. if you're contention for winning towards the end, then yes. But I, th- I think in this kind of division, I think if you're, if you're not a contention coming in December, it's, it might be adios. If they win yeah. six, let's say they win six games. Let's just say if they win six games this season. I agree. I absolutely agree. If they are, Eight and nine, eight and nine. Good with it. They're gonna they're gonna keep him one more year because that's the mo of, of Miss Benson of Gail Benson, the owner. She 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 prefers stability. She's not somebody who's gonna just you know cut bait. She she gives opportunities. She gives them a chance. Uh, gives guys a chance to work through uh, work through the the issues to to try to turn it around. So uh, unless the season absolutely is just god awful. And yeah. we win five or six games, that'd be the only way I could see Dennis Allen is out of a job. If they win eight games, you know, they're right on the cusp, we get in second or third place, but they're a game out of uh, a wild card spot. They'll give Dennis Allen a chance one more year and and say, fire Pete, bring in your OC, and now you lose all uh, you you lose all uh, uh, excuses that you, you well, it's not my system, it's not this, not that's gone. You have nothing. You have no scapegoats anymore. Yep. So pick your guy. Make sure you're good with who you want to run it, and then you better go win that. Do you think uh, if you think it's also a dependency of how Olave is ended up being his results for him as a player? Because obviously they look very highly upon him as uh, the Saints, and Derek Carr has that con- you know supposed to have the connection. Do you think anything to do with Olave and the results that might also help whether Allen says or not? No, because that'll fall on Pete Carmichael. That'll Car- still fall on him. Because Dennis, Dennis, even though he's the head coach, he's still the he's he's the guy on the defensive side. Yeah. Pete's, Pete's running the offense. So if Alave, if Alave's development kind of slows because this season's just atrocious, that's gonna fall on Pete Carmichael. That's gonna fall on the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball. So that again, that, that's the scapegoat. That 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 is the scapegoat for this coaching staff for Dennis Allen right now, is that you have somebody who you 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 retained but you didn't hire. And so if things kind of sour on the offensive side, that's the scapegoat of this season. And, then, and there's already questions. New Orleans media was already questioning about potential coaching changes right now. And he's, and he's being di- indirectly direct about it. 
you know, kind of just saying I we're not considering a change because it's too early for that. So indirectly, directly answering the questions, but he's he's already starting to feel the heat that a change needs to occur, and which that happens to a head coach, his seat's going to get hotter as we get closer and closer to that point. There you go. Allen does have a comment. Are the Bucks the favorite now in the South? I don't. I mean, I think they're in contention. I, so. I wouldn't say anybody's the favorite, yeah. though. I don't think anybody's the favorite. Yeah, it, it's a coin flip right now. I think it's a coin flip right now, just because again, I, I do we? I mean, do you still trust Baker? I know Baker played good again. He, you know, he, he didn't make the mis- he didn't make the mistake that we minimize s- mistakes, right? It, as long as that defense is healthy, I think that's where your key is. Giving Baker the opportunity yeah. to head back out there, let them run the ball, Rashad White, and minimize your minimize your mistakes. That's all you got to do. And, and that was that was that was the one thing I was waiting for in that game before it got out of hand was when is Baker going to make the mistake? When are we going to take advantage of the mistake? And credit to Baker, he didn't make it. He he took care of the ball and he gave his team a chance and they made a play into here and there and they 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 won the game. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say they're the favorites right now. You know, right now I think it's a little too early. It's, I still I think still it's it's a coin flip now, uh, but. You know, they, you know, Baker. If Baker plays like, if he can play like he did last yesterday, continue, you know, consistently, then, yeah, I, I, I could see you. Know, you say Tampa would be the favorites of this division now. Look, look at what Brock Purdy is doing with the 49ers. Just don't play turnover ball, like yeah, turnover right. free ball, and you, you let your let your team take care of you. You know, you got the weapons. Godwin's out there. Evans out there. Shad White's looking really good too. Just don't turn the ball over. Whatever you do, just don't do it, and you'll be fine. There's, o- There's only two teams in the South that, that, in my mind, can win the division. That's Tampa Bay, New Orleans, because Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback. They just don't. Desmond Ritter is not a, uh, not a guy that, that can lead them to the title. So you want to talk about bad offenses, though? I mean, I, I, I message I message Allen, uh, you know, during that game uh, in the morning. I'm going, my God, this is atrocious. You, you know, yeah, like just. Absolutely horrible play calling, I, you know, and, and everything. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a two. Te- I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a two-team race, Tampa and, and New Orleans, which we've seen. Tampa comes and beats the uh, Saints in, in in New Orleans in the Superdome, and Saints will go to Tampa and beat uh, beat them in Tampa. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's division is not it's not a given to Tampa just yet. It's a coin flip. We'll see. We'll probably see the Saints kind of get it figured out later in the year when they play uh, Tampa. Uh, uh, at Raymond James, and you can see the Saints steal that game away from them. So this, this is still yeah. very wide open. No doubt, no doubt. Baker Baker hasn't had that that three or four game stretch yet where you know it's coming with Baker, where he just does not play good football. And he turns it over. He doesn't he doesn't make right decisions, and that's the key to New Orleans taking taking the division away from him is that three or four game stretch. That's what I that's what I think is coming. Actually, I think yeah, that's that's a good point there too, of the of the three game stretch coming in. So I, I think the, the yeah. thing for the Saints, and I'm kind of got their schedule right here. We're kind of saying like it, it was supposed to be a very easy, not a very easy schedule, but it was supposed to be an easier type of schedule. But you know, Texans that might not be a, a, an easy game, right? Texans look like they're playing pretty well. Jaguars are still a good team. That's gonna you know that's gonna be a tough game. Colts can be a tough team uh, you know to play against. Uh, Oh, yes, we got Lions. We know that's going to be a tough one. 
Rams can be a tough game. I mean, this is this schedule's not as easy as as it was predicted to be uh, in preseason. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how the season turns around if they can get this offense going a little bit better. Because I, I was saying the first preseason game, the first drive. We saw Derek Carr lead the offense, score a touchdown. We're like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Now we're seeing that we can't score a touchdown in the regular season. Yep. We scored one one touchdown drive by Derek Carr in the, in the preseason equals out to one touchdown so far or a couple – or a couple I guess two touchdowns we've seen in the, in, uh, in the regular season right now, which can't do that, cannot do that. I agree. I agree. Well, well it's well, to come for New the Orleans. they got a layup this week coming. They play the Patriots. they got a Patriots. layup this week coming. No, no Gonzalez, no Judon. Oh, that defense is no shot. No shot. Scott is zappy starting. No, Mac Jones is Mac Jones. You you know as well as I do, though, Scott. Saints do not play well in New England. We we just for some reason, for some reason, when we play New England in uh, in New England, we don't we don't we don't know we don't know what we don't know what we're doing. We have no idea. We saw that a couple. We saw that uh, was it Drew Brees uh, second to last year, yep. and it was we were favored to win the game, and came up here and laid an egg. Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady just Brady did, Brady Bradyed us, and we you know we couldn't we couldn't do anything. Uh, we couldn't stop them, and we couldn't we couldn't score when it in the, four, the second half. So crazy things happen uh, to us in New England. I'm I'm not calling it a layup. I'm I'm a little bit nervous mm-hmm. for for uh, that game right now. Well, I think the thing is, if if the Saints score fourteen points, I don't think the Patriots can get there, and that that's a that's a huge statement to say because Mac Jones has no confidence right now. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien calls plays. I don't think he has any confidence in what he's calling that, that Mac Jones can can execute it. So, I think there's a lot of dissension going on in the offense right now, and I don't think they're going to be ready to play because they're not they're not featuring Ramondre Stevenson, and maybe they have to stop. But they're not. They, 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 Bill loves Zeke, so Zeke's getting more run than he should be. So, yeah, no, I got I got Stevenson on one of my fantasy teams. I'm not very happy about that. But uh, <laughs> is, is this so? Is this Belichick's last year? Do we as, think this is Belichick's last year? GM. So, as the GM for sure, I think as the guy that's controlling, I think Kraft's going to tell him he needs to get an assistant, or he's just going to take, take it away from him. As a coach. Depending on how the season goes, let's see how close he is to the Shula record. Because I don't think Kraft wants to get rid of him and then he go to another spot and break that record. I think Kraft wants him to break the record up here in New England. So let's see but how okay. close he is. So let's say he doesn't let's say he's four games away from breaking. I don't know where I don't know where he's at on the record, how far away he is from it. Let's just say he's winning four. Season ends. You bring him back just to win four more games. Yeah, I mean it's a tough question. I mean he he has lost a lot off the off the coaching fastball, so to speak. He just he's he doesn't have control of that team anymore. Guys that are in the locker room who never talked before are now talking. You just lost your two best defensive players in Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Yep, it's really if they win three more games this season, I, I would be I'd be a little bit surprised. I mean, we're kind of seeing the Patriot way how it's run by former That's by right. assistants everywhere else. We're kind of seeing the Patriot way may not be the the the, the right way here in twenty twenty three anymore. You the know, Patriot so. way was was number twelve. 
That was the Patriot way. It was number twelve. And you're kind of and you're kind of seeing that with Sean Payton right now. Sean Payton, I mean, one and you know, one and three right now. Uh, you know, had to or had to have a come from behind win against the Chicago Bears. And yeah. Sean, you know, Sean still a Hall of Fame coach, but number nine for him under center did a lot of work for him. So it, it's we're kind of seeing a little bit of that. You know, the Russell Wilson is not is not Drew Brees, and we're kind of seeing that right now. That maybe Sean. Yeah, I did that. Maybe Sean, you know, isn't as isn't as great as we all thought. Maybe it was Drew Brees a lot of the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe in the yeah, end it was your quarterback. Weird. Weird. Yeah. that? Hey, let's let's dig into it, guys. Yeah. yeah. Playoff baseball is here. It is Ooh. October. We're in the month, and it starts tomorrow. Excited for it. I did not end up going to Milwaukee this week, uh, but hopefully I can get up there when we hopefully they play next week here uh, again, see the Dodgers uh, most likely. So, but we'll see. Well, let's break it down. I want to break down some games. So, in case you're not aware and you're not caught up in baseball, really, because there is football going on, I'm sure it's confusing people. ALDS. So, you got the Astros at two, uh, they have a bye. The Orioles at number one overall for the American League side, they have a bye. The National League side, you have the Dodgers at two and the Jonathan's uh, Atlanta Braves sitting yeah, at the one overall. So those, going, those four teams are not playing uh, currently these next three days. So you get the wild card series where it's best two out of three, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday if needed for teams here. So we're, we're going to break down these, uh, these games here uh, with uh, Jonathan. That way we can get his thoughts, his perspective as well. So real quick, did y'all hear what the Braves are doing uh, during this week off uh, until the wild card's over? Yeah. They're bringing the Gwinnett Stripers, the AAA team, they're bringing them to Atlanta to do inter-squad games this week to kind of stay on regiment. That's awesome. And, and play, so all the AAA guys, they're, they're going to play in Atlanta, playing against the big league guys and keeping them keeping them fresh because, you know, which – Genius, because you sat around last year, you know, in, in the bye week, you kind of you, you you had normal practices, but mm-hmm. your rhythm was thrown off. So they they have today off. They're pit, They're playing tomorrow, playing Wednesday, playing Friday, and then having uh, 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 no, I'm playing Thursday, having normal practice like it's a travel day on Friday, and then they're playing Saturday for the uh, game one. So that they're they're in a three game series against uh, Gwinnett to kind of keep things rolling. From there, that's smart. That's that's 100%. amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally smart. So let's let's break it down, guys. Let's break it down. Day one's tomorrow. Excited for the series here. Let's start here uh, on the uh, AL side of things. Here you got Rangers at Tampa Bay. Uh, you have Montgomery and Glasnow going in this matchup here. Uh, if you look at their series head to head, they are even. In the win loss, so five and five in this year. Uh, your last or your most recent is Tampa, Tampa Rangers. So Tampa win the series. Break it down for me, uh, Jonathan. What are we looking at here for uh, for this series? Uh, for this, yeah, I guess series technically for Texas and Tampa. Well, like I've said with Scott and Allen, I've said with you guys as well, the American League side of this bracket is going to be offensive focused more so than we've ever seen before. 
And this series, I think, is going to be that the, the lead example of how this is going to break down. Because as good as Texas is offensively and as good as Tampa is offensively, the pitching staffs have taken huge injury hits. DeGrom, Scherzer, I, I know Scherzer has been kind of thrown again. I don't think we're going to see him in, in the wild card right now. Uh, but you lose DeGrom, you've lost Scherzer. Tampa, you, you, you've lost McClanahan, you've had injuries throughout. So the, the, the pitching staffs have been hit hard, but the offenses are still rolling and still and still producing. So we're going to see a, a, a probably a high-scoring series, which we, we don't normally see in postseason play. It's mostly, hey, pitching, pitching rules in the postseason, but we don't see that. I don't think we're going to have that be a factor. You have a good pitching matchup, uh, you know, in game one, but the but the focus is going to be the offenses for both clubs, and I think that's going to be the case in all th- in in this entire series if it goes three. And I do I do think it'll go three games because this is a pretty evenly matched uh, series. Texas does score have a more proficient offense than Tampa, but Tampa can score. And they do things. They they can do a lot of things. They can hit with power. They can spray the ball around the field. They can manufacture runs. Are they going to be able to keep up with the high power Rangers offense? That's going to be the big question. I, I, I think they will, and I think they'll pitch better overall when it matters most. I, I give this series an edge to Tampa. Sorry, Alan, I know you're you're, you're listening. Everything it's been a the Rangers, but I, I'm going to give the edge slightly in three games to Tampa. Well, if you look at here, uh, Jordan Montgomery's last five starts, he's two and three, but a nice area one point four. He did pitch uh, every game six plus, except for the uh, September eighth Oakland loss in that one there. So, uh, you know, let me fix this real quick. I want to bring Jonathan back up top because I like him uh, being the spotlight instead of uh, anybody Damn else. Sam. Damn Sam. It's all right. You understand dad life, man. You know, dad life. Yeah, with them. Yeah. So, uh, but you got yeah, yeah uh, you have Montgomery out there. You know. Losses to Seattle most recently, the 28th there, a 3 2 loss there, uh, where he did give up five hits, one earned run. Uh, and then Boston was also a loss, and of course, Oakland in that one. Last no, three and two, their last, uh, his last five, three, uh, right on the dot, a three ERA for that there. Average innings pitch is five, though. It's four. He went five, five, and four, his last three starts, uh, with victories only over Toronto. Uh, in that one, no, sorry, only over Boston in his last start. Uh, he lost to Toronto, lost to Baltimore uh, in this one. So, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I think pitching in this matchup is not going to be a thing. Uh, there is a bet out there for this, you know, over under the series going three, essentially, so two and a half. I hit the over in this one because I feel like it's going to be a back and forth matchup. You're going to see teams coming to playoff ball, which is when we say, when I say that, I mean, you're going to get those situations. You're going to really see the situational ball come into effect here for Tampa. Tampa loves to play that kind of ball. They played it last year the same way and the year before that. They love to play the smart smart half of it, but they're going to be very aggressive at the same time. I like Tampa here in this series just because they seem to be like the most consistent team. And also, they're not coming off a battering ram of a schedule that Texas had to face just to stay in the playoff hunt, which I think might might hurt them. Uh, later down the road, if they get past this matchup, yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and I, the matchup in Game One does favor, as you kind of went through the numbers, it does favor Texas 
as far as with Montgomery over Glass now, Glass now, uh, his postseason experience, he hasn't had a lot of great experience. He's pitched nine games, his two and five record with a 5.75 ERA. Not a lot of success on that. His whip is a 1.40, uh, which that's that is a good that that's a good number. Whereas Montgomery, he only has two uh, games pitched in the postseason, but he's had a 1.35 ERA in six and two thirds innings. I guess that was more of relief appearances uh, that he's been utilized mostly in with a 1.65 whip. So experience versus not experience. Glass now versus Montgomery, but again. How value? How valuable is bad experience for Glass now? And he has a chance. Yep. The, the hype that he has—he was supposed to have for this pitching staff. He hasn't answered that bell. You you want to kind of turn your yourself around and turn your career around. You got to win game one. So it, it does favor Montgomery. And I know the, the numbers as far as how Montgomery's pitched in recent games in the last few hasn't been great. So I, I think you're going to see. I think you'll see a lot of runs scored. High-scoring offensive uh, game. Probably both pitchers may not go four innings. I think it's going to get to that point, and that's postseason ball. You, you cannot, leave, you can't leave guys in if they're if they're getting shelled, which I think these guys are going to. You're going to see bullpen bullpens get dig, uh, get get thrown in early, and that may favor Tampa more so than the Rangers because the Rangers bullpen has just been atrocious this season. And I, you know, we just got into that. We 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 hear Allen's you know uh, crying about the bullpen for, for Texas uh, all, all season. So, But I think if it, if it goes down to that point, it's a bullpen game in game one because both starters have just kind of struggled. I think that favors – I think that does favor Tampa in game one. But as far as overall starting pitching-wise for game one, I'm you know, just on paper, I'm leaning with the Rangers with Montgomery over Glass now. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Scott, what do you got, man? I've been off of Texas for the last half of the year simply because their bullpen has given away too many games. And I think it's putting pre- what the, what's happened now is the starters have had to throw more pitches in games because I don't think Bruce Bochy even has confidence that that bullpen can, can do it. Chapman been, hasn't been locked down since he got traded to Texas, basically. No. I don't know what they're doing with that bullpen. Bruce Bochy still wants to stick Will Smith in that closest spot. Now he's trying Leclerc in that closer spot. I just don't have any confidence that the Rangers can can beat Tampa in a three game quick series. So so I'm going to favor Tampa Bay in this in this series. And I think tomorrow tomorrow afternoon is a huge start for Montgomery. If he he doesn't win that start, it's going to be a quick two game, and then that's it. It's going to be done. So Montgomery has to go throw seven innings and win this game tomorrow. If he doesn't. Tampa, Tampa's going to win the series two games. So. Very nice. Uh, it is a 308 Eastern afternoon game tomorrow, guys. So make sure you guys tune in. Of course, we're, I'll be, uh, I got my alerts already set up for these games here. Granted, I'll be at practice for the one I want to watch, and the one I uh, will watch at the end will be the other game I want to watch. So it's, how, it's just yeah. how life happens, right? Let's, let's stay in the AL side, guys. We'll go up here, Toronto. At Minnesota, uh, another pretty actually could be a pretty entertaining series. Another one I think can go over two and a half on that on the series games here. You have uh, Gossman versus Lopez uh, in this matchup here. If we take a look here, five and five once again a very even series all year long between these teams. Uh, you look at the pitching wise, three and two for Gossman, one point six zero ERA, a five point two average. And then Lopez with three and two as well, two point four 
uh, ERA, but a 5.2. So none of these guys going super long in their starts either. Uh, you know, rough losses, of course, in this range. But, Jonathan, what we got here in this Minnesota-Toronto series? So this is the opposite of what I said about the uh, – uh, or at least the, the social experiment is what I've been calling it for the American League uh, post uh, side of the bracket. Is, as I said, it, it's, I think it's going to be more offensive-based. The only one who can actually counter that and say, no, pitching still is a premium in postseason play is the Minnesota Twins. They have probably the best pitching staff in the postseason with the Lopez and Sonny Gray leading uh, leading the charge and who have put up good numbers for you. Whereas, again, Toronto has been very inconsistent with their pitching staff and have been riding the wave of their offense. So pitching versus offense is going to be the big uh, factor in this in this series. If Toronto can absolutely tee off, which they are capable of doing, if they can hit this pitching staff for the uh, for the Twins, the starting pitchers, and knock out Lopez early, because we know Sonny Gray is going game two for the Twins, but if you can get to Lopez early, knock him out, that tells you that that that'll be my social experiment that I'm putting out there, saying that offense is the offense is the focal point of the postseason, and this is the pitching versus offense. So, if the Twins can if the Twins can shut down this this uh, this lineup. Maybe the twins can be dangerous and and, and uh, Scott just will, injured uh, too much. There's too much injury. There, there is. Now. They are there, hurt beyond belief right now. There is, but again, that's where I was, is pitching still a, a, a major factor. And yeah. if Pablo Lopez can pitch, and, and again, if it's a, if it's two one, you know, two one three two type of ball game, it's favoring the twins. If it goes above four or five runs, I don't think they can score. That's kind of where your point was on that. So uh, if this, if the pitching can hold, and as I said, I don't like and Scott was, I don't like complimenting the Twins. The fact that I put them in my my power rankings last uh, for 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 September again, I, I absolutely hate myself for doing it, and I'm complimenting them right now about it. And it still makes this is a bad night. I'm wearing this shirt. And I'm complimenting the Minnesota Twins right now. What is going on? I know what, what's wrong with you. Kind of shocking. <laughs> but I, I was if if Lopez can go six or seven, and it's a low scoring game, Twins have a shot. Yeah. If they if 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 the Twins have to score four or five runs, there's no chance. So it's a matter of Lopez setting the tone, which I'm a little surprised they're going to Lopez game one. I would I would have gone uh, Sunny Gray and say I'm throwing my ace to make sure we have a chance. And get a one game lead because uh, one game lead because uh, going into game two, then I throw Lopez because I have now I have the advantage. If I have a, if Twins win, let's say if, if Gray pitched, Twins win. You throw Lopez, who's pitched who has pitched better than Barrios, who's going for game two for the for the Blue Jays. Now I have the pitching advantage, so I, I don't understand throwing Lopez when you when if you had an offense that can match Toronto, I get it then, but you don't. So, interesting, interesting dynamic. I, I, I'm I'm curious to see how it works and how it goes. But this is the this is the experiment: offense versus pitching. Who wins this series? If it, if it's a high scoring series, Toronto wins. If it's a low scoring series, Minnesota wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how big of how big is it that injuries are going to affect this team in the end for uh, Minnesota? I think I think that might be where you hit maybe hit game three. And that's the part that really kills you in the end. You know, that's the thing. What do you got, Scott, for this? I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I, I think pitching wins out in this series. I, I just think that, you know, Gossman's been really good. I, I get it. But I, I just think that Minnesota 
is going to have enough in the pitching realm. And Toronto, sometimes their offense struggles against good pitching. And I agree with John that Pablo Lopez could put up a really good start. Then Minnesota has a clear-cut advantage in game two with Sonny Gray on the mound. So I'm going to pick Minnesota in the series. I think Minnesota can win this in, in two or three. I think that the pitching is going to win out. I think Toronto's inconsistency on, on the offensive end against really solid pitching will hurt them in the end. So so I like Minnesota I'm, in the series. I'll, I'll give a pick because I, I, I'm buying into the thought that offense is going to be the top focus this postseason American League. I'm going to go Toronto. I think Toronto's offense will get it figured out, and they're going to score. They're going to just ha- they're just going to outscore Minnesota, and I think Toronto wins the series. Yeah, that's the way Toronto I'm, wins the series is by mashing it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be Toronto winning the series, and it's going to be because they hit the bullpen of Minnesota at late in games, and that's where all all finishes out. So uh, that is a 4:38 Eastern start tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, and and so- I'm, I'm mad at Major because I said this. I guess it was back in when, when did I have the, the Twins in, the, in July? I guess I had the Twins July. in my top ten. Yeah, you did. You did. I, I said if the Twins win this division. Put them at the the early game. Don't even put it at two o'clock yeah. at noon, so nobody watches yeah. such bad baseball. And we're gonna kind of have that again. They didn't. Major League Baseball didn't listen to me, which shocker. Nobody wants to listen to me, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. It, Interesting series, but again, it's it's like I said, the dynamics going to be you know offense pitching. I, I'm intrigued. Will I watch? Probably not. I might tune in towards the end of my workday. <laughs> I won't get the whole thing, but I'll tune in. So uh, let's start. Let's go to the NL side of things. Here we have Arizona at Milwaukee. Uh, Burns is starting for Milwaukee. Uh, fat is it? Fat? I can't remember how you say his last name. P F A A D T. Milwaukee being one of the hottest teams since the LA Dodgers series for whatever reason woke them up outside of the Braves just dominating people of course uh, six and four head to head Arizona leads this series for the year uh, you have uh, fought at two and three with a 2.6 uh, ERA 4.1 average innings pitched so he has a five a four a five a three and a four his last five games uh then you have corbin burns going at it by the way woodruff is hurt he is currently medical they don't even know if he'll pitch this in playoffs so that's something to think about too uh he he did it he he felt something wrong in the marlin series and then uh he was playing catch and it's officially like he's like yeah i, I gotta check this out it's not good so uh burns three and two uh, his last five, 1.6 ERA of 5.2 average inning, four, five, five, eight, and a six in this play here. So, look, uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'll be at practice, of course, during the this game because I do want to watch in case you don't see my logo. It is a Brewers logo. So, uh, hoping for the best so I can go watch some baseball next week uh, versus the Dodgers. But, Jonathan, break it down for us. Arizona, Milwaukee, what we got? I, you know, I've, I've I've enjoyed watching the Diamondbacks make their run this year, and 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 they actually finished the job, which I, I actually kind of didn't think they were going to to make the postseason be a wild card team. But the Cinderella story is what they are. Milwaukee is one of the hot teams going into the postseason. Again, as we've said before, and I've said with you guys, I said it on Tuesdays, the best teams are not always 
the teams that win. It's the hottest team. Well, in this series, the best team is is the hot team as well. And that favors Milwaukee. And I think even with Woodruff possibly not pitching this postseason, you do have an advantage in the pitching staff. You're deeper pitching-wise than what Arizona is. And I think the experience, this is still an experienced team in the postseason. You have guys who play the postseason, whereas you don't have many on uh, on Arizona's team. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking, I'm trying to look at it. You, you, uh, Longoria, Guriel, that might you know, Fam. I think maybe a couple appearances here and there. You don't have a lot of postseason experience that are uh, uh, that are in Arizona. So a, a team that's better, a team that's hotter, and a team that's more experienced is all the same in this in this series, and that favors Milwaukee more so. And I think that's going to be a factor. And again, you're throwing you're throwing a pitcher who hasn't had good numbers this season. Uh, three and nine total record, nineteen games, five point seven two ERA. Not a, not a confident. I, I don't. Again, it's kind of the same thing. I don't understand why you don't throw Zach Gallon here. Throw your ace against their ace and try to make give yourself a chance to win. Because if you don't win this game, you're behind the eight ball anyway. So what is Zach Gallon pitching on game two going to really do for you in that, in that case to try to go to game three? Well, your pitching's not as deep as Milwaukee. So get a try to win game one with your ace. So I, I, I'm not sure I get the the uh, the th- thought process of not having Gallon pitch against Burns because if you have, I think if you have Gallon pitch, I think you have an advantage because Gallon's pitched much better overall overall this year, being a Cy Young candidate than what Burns has throughout this season. Burns is still a really good pitcher, not taking anything away from him, but Gallon has been a Cy Young candidate this year. So in this case, with the pitching matchup, it's 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 a clear cut favorable to Milwaukee with how well they've played this this month to put them in a position to be a, a division winner. Uh, this is good learning experience for this Arizona Diamondbacks team, I'll say that, and being able to get posting experience, which you have a chance for next year to grow, kind of what the Mariners were supposed to do this year after last season. But experience does matter. Being the hot team matters, and being the better team still does matter, and that's Milwaukee right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of – Oh, uh oh, oh, there we go. We're good. There you go. Thanks, Streamyard. Appreciate it. Uh, ERA number one, WHIP number two in in the MLB. This, this Milwaukee team is deep in pitching. They've come together, which is really nice to see since the beginning of the season. And and the offense, you know, they like to go on these weird spurts where they'll score you, you know, twelve runs in one inning. They won't touch it at all. I, you know, it, it's, it's not the thing that Arizona has to avoid is those one run big innings. You know, don't let them don't let them start putting stuff together in one inning because it might in, end up costing you the game. So uh, that's I'm a little worried about. I'm still worried, worried about the, uh, the relief pitching side of things for Milwaukee. They haven't been the sharpest the last 10 games, uh, but I think they can still overcome. If they can get those big in, run innings, if the starters can go six, seven innings, Reduce that amount of time the bullpen has the you know chance to to add it. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. Even as shaky as Milwaukee's bullpen's been recently, Arizona's has been just as shaky for majority as shaky, of the yes. for majority of the season. So again, the pitch the pitching advantage is there for Milwaukee. I think the the offensive advantage is still there too. And again, I, I'm not I'm not high on the offense uh, of Milwaukee compared to the other contenders, but in this series. I, you know, the advantage is still in Milwaukee over Arizona. If Arizona 
this is where I'm, if I'm, I would be concerned for you, Tanner, uh, for, for the Brewers would be Corbin Carroll sprays well down the field and guys are actually producing behind him, which there's times you know, yes. they go, they go, they disappear a little bit where it's mostly Carroll doing a lot of the work Perdomo doing a, you know, a good bit as well. But if, if Christian Walker, Guriel Jr., if those guys are actually doing their part and, and it's spraying, not trying, not, not trying to outslug Milwaukee, but if they're spraying the ball around the field and you get a couple home runs here and there, that's where I would be concerned for Milwaukee is you got to you got to slow down the middle of the order. Carroll's going to get his. He is not to let it happen. It, it's like you know, like a receiver in the NFL. You have the number one receiver. You know, hey, he's going to get his. We got to make sure we shut everybody else down and let and let the offense be inefficient. Carroll's yeah. Carroll's a damn good hitter. Dan, yeah. he'll be rookie of the year. He's going to get his uh, his hits. You've got to make sure you, you don't let the guys behind him drive him in. And that's where the factor is. If you if Guriel and, and Walker, Perdomo and all the and Marte, they catch fire. Now I'm gonna be nervous if I'm a Milwaukee, a Milwaukee fan. No, that's fair enough. Scott, what do you got for this series, man? I, I agree with Jonathan. You're a heavy underdog in the series that probably could be the heaviest underdog in the baseball play. You need to throw your best in game one and game two, which is Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. I don't know why they decided on five to go up against Milwaukee. Milwaukee has the postseason experience up and down the roster. I think Arizona's a year, year sooner than I think next year is the year that you really got to watch the Diamondbacks in the National League. So I favor Milwaukee in this series. I think Milwaukee gets off to a really good start in game one. And I think they carry the momentum and close out the series in two games. So you think uh, Council has any pressure? You know, I, he, I know he's. Long long tenure in Milwaukee, uh, you know, up and down postseason success, not really a lot. But now you're facing your former franchise that you won a World Series with. You don't want to let the Arizona Diamondbacks, that your former team, beat you, you know, right. to advance to a postseason. I feel like right. there's just tons of different, maybe possible emotions within that. Obviously, I know Craig, Craig being Craig, he's going to take it one stride at a time. Probably good, but it's fun to kind of hype, hype up about it of just the different situations that's actually there. Yeah. Yeah. The emotions are going to be there for, for sure. Because you got, as you said, it's your former franchise. You, you won a world series with, but at this point though, he's been with the Brewers for a long time. And I think, I, and honestly, I, and not nothing against the uh, council. We, we know Craig to be the manager of the Brewers and we don't really remember him as much as a player being with the Dodgers. It was such a long time ago. He's been with the Brewers for so long. We, yeah. we, we uh, symbolize, we symbolize his career as, you know, now with the Brewers as a manager more so than the player himself. So, but again, not, not, not minimizing what he done in his career. He was a good ball player. Uh, and like I said, a world series champion, but that, and that's the emotions he's going to be feeling, but the story, and that's the storyline you'll have for council, but not any, not so much anywhere else in, in, in between these two teams. Yeah. It, it's just kind of a fun story. Like just the way it all happened. So pretty cool one. Uh, that Milwaukee game, if I can get my mouse going here, that starts at six Oh, or sorry, seven Oh eight Eastern in that one. So, uh, that'll be a good one there. And finally match, uh, finalize our first night of law cards uh, is the Miami Marlins coming into play. Who would have thought they, they squeezed their way in? Uh, thank you uh, Braves and uh, and the Brewers there to finish out Nick's Cubbies. Just got to take one more shot in. Just one more I, shot. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's I'm very dis- as much as I'm disappointed. Nick's not here. That's another reason why I wanted to see Nick because I said my brave, my Braves, <laughs> as bad as it was, my Saints losing to the Packers. I said my Braves will have my back. <laughs> they did. Damn sure they had my back when it mattered most. I mean, <laughs> no, no fault to the Cubs. I'm sure you know, no drop, drop balls or anything else like that. So oh. blown leads. Let's be real. There's never happened in Chicago. <laughs> Uh, you have Miami and Philly. They're five and five, even again. I love this. All these series are really, really close. They're all even. So it just makes that to be a real, it's going to be a really fun uh, wild card series. Uh, Lazardo's coming out three and two. His last five, 2.2 ERA, 5.1 innings pitch on him. And then Zach Wheeler going at it three and two, 2.20 and 5.1 uh, within that one, too. So Look, these are two two fun teams that can at any moment strike offensively like no other. But I, I think this will this will probably be a nice little primetime uh matchup here to end the night on Tuesday. Uh Jonathan, what we got here for this Miami Philadelphia series? Game one, I'll I'll put it this way for this series, game one could be a very big deciding factor for this series as a whole. If the Marlins can almost ambush Philadelphia and and hit them early, I think you could see an upset throughout the series. Pitching is going to be the biggest uh, uh, factor for Miami. They're, they can score. I mean, that's one thing about Miami is very athletic. They're very – they're fast. They, you know, they have power in the lineup. Do they have as much as Philadelphia? No. But we've seen throughout the regular season, they can, they can hit and score and, and it runs in a bunch. It's a matter of again talking about you know the Brewers uh, holding you know Corbin Carroll down. You got to do the same thing with the Marlins with Jazz Chisholm. You got to do the same thing with a couple of these guys that are in the top of the order. Luis Arias. We know Luis Arias is going to hit. He's going to get on base. He's a hitting machine. Whether he was playing for the Twins or the uh, uh, or the Marlins this year, which again first player I think I think was the first player in Major League Baseball history to win the batting title in uh, uh, consecutive years in two different leagues. In the American League one uh, year in the National League, I think he was the first ever to do that. He's going to hit. You cannot let guys like Jazz Chisholm, like Eric Cooper, you cannot let those guys drive him in when he does get on base. That's where they kind of get things going a little bit uh, uh, in their offense. So, Zach, I think they have the right guy in the uh, in, in uh, on the mound, the Phillies do, and Zach Wheeler, who in recent years has pitched better in the postseason than Aaron Nola has. So that is your number one guy to throw to control the Marlins lineup. But if the Marlins can score early and get put pressure on that Phillies offense, I think they have a shot. But again, the only offense that can actually score with the Atlanta Braves match up power for power, you know, run for run is that Philadelphia Phillies offense with Schwarber at leadoff, who you know is a he'll hit home runs when it matters, you know, and he'll electrify that Phillies crowd. Trey yeah. Turner, Bryce Harper, the you know the emotional leader of this team, Alec Bohm. I mean, this lineup is deep, it's dangerous. If the Marlins can jump on them early, steal game one, I think you could see an upset in this series. But as much as my heart hopes that, because I don't want to see Philadelphia. I made that very clear with you guys. I made that clear on Tuesday. I do not want to see the Philadelphia Phillies uh, in the, the NLDS. I'm not going to think with my heart here. Um, I'm going to say the Philadelphia Phillies do win this series. I do think it go three, though. I think Miami will steal a game. 
I think it will go three, but I think Philadelphia uh, will uh, will secure that uh, that advancement to the NLDS. Do you where, where's these? So last year we got the upsets, right? Philadelphia being one, upsetting people going into the finals there or the World Series. Uh, who who's our teams to watch for on the upset side of things for this wild card? I, I I'll make you very happy. I've actually I think the Brewers over the Dodgers. I think as I said, Brewers will beat the Diamondbacks. I think I, the Brewers. Yeah. I think the Brewers. If the pitch again losing Woodruff hurts because Correct. that is your advantage over the Dodgers right now is your pitching staff. If the, we have Brewers and Dodgers in the second in the NLDS, the Brewers pitching staff is better than the Dodgers currently right now. Now losing Woodruff hurts that a little bit, but you do have a deeper pitching staff and a better I think a better bullpen. Uh, not by much. I mean, Dodgers bullpen is still really good, but the starting rotation is where you have the advantage against them. I think that could be an upset you uh, you you could see is Brewers beating the Dodgers. Obviously, uh, Phillies beating the Braves. I think that's very likely could happen. We saw it last year. Are the Braves better this year? Yes, yeah. but it's a division rivalry. Two cities that absolutely hate each other. Two teams that absolutely hate each other. Anything can happen. We saw that. So that's one that you could see. Uh, in the American League, I think that I think anybody, Blue Jays, if the Blue Jays win, beat the Twins, I think they could upset the Strohs because the Strohs are shaky so far. I mean, th- this is a very, this is very wide open postseason, and, and again, we talk about the Braves are the the you know the favorites, but as I said, Phil, if we have Braves and Phillies in the NLDS, we already saw the story happen once. I hope it doesn't happen again. I hope we don't have a, a sequel. Uh, to the story, but it, it's very wide open, especially in the American League. There, I don't, I don't think you have a clear cut favorite like uh, in the American. I know Houston is the Vegas favorite right now for the American League, but as you said, I agree. Toronto could be the team that that can outscore them, yep, and and be able to you know at least go pitch for pitch, but hit for hit mostly. Texas, I don't think they have the pitching. I think I, I don't think Tampa can match. I don't, and, and as much as we've seen Tampa and Baltimore go, I think Baltimore would would beat Tampa in five games. Yeah, I think Texas matches up better offensively against Baltimore than Tampa does. Even though again, I'm contradicting myself saying that Tampa would beat Texas, but the matchup of Baltimore, I think it does favor Texas more than Tampa. So, uh, you know, it's very open, and that's uh, as a baseball fan. Very exciting because anything can happen this postseason. We don't have that besides the Braves, but again, that matchup in NLDS scares the crap out of me. There is no clear cut favorite to say it's an easy road or is the World Series. You know, so if if the I say if Braves beat the Phillies, then the Braves have the easy road because I don't think the Dodgers can match up with them. I don't think the Brewers can match up with them in the NLCS. But that that first series that they against the, the Phillies. Will be the clear cut sign if uh, for that one in the American League. Flip a coin; uh, it's very wide open in the American it's League. Not a lot. <laughs> like it's Orioles, Astros. Astros is shaky. You know they almost lost the division title to begin with, then they finally pulled it out. Orioles, who've been monstrous since the All Star break, you know the most consistent uh, within that within the AL and. I mean, even the race, even the Rays, I think at this point, now that they made it, they can start playing a little bit more situational ball. And I could, I could get a lot of teams in trouble against them. So I don't know, man. We got, we got a good round of playoffs to start. Uh, I am not disappointed in any of these matchups. 
you know, of course, you and myself are more favored to see the Cubs, not at any of them. I'm going to repeat this. The Cubs, not at any of them. Go ahead and talk shit about my Royals, Nick. I ain't worried about you. So, well, again, yeah, it's always also good when none of the New York teams are in it. Yes. It's always. Yes. I enjoy that. And I think it was um, – I, I shared something – uh, with Scott and Alan, uh, I think this is the first time. Let me see, I have it right here actually. Uh, first time in 30 years, we do not have the Yankees, Red Sox, and Cardinals in the same postseason. Wow, what first time! So, we don't have either one of those teams, none of those teams in a playoff series. For the first time in 30 years. That is, I mean, that's wow. You, know, you got to tip your hat to those franchises for being yeah. the consistency that they are. But I mean, we're seeing, a, seeing kind of a historical moment right now in baseball, uh, baseball to ha- not have those teams in it. That's consistency by itself. I mean, that's, that's even better than losing for 30 years and not being a playoff appearance, you know? And I experienced that a lot. So, <laughs> Jonathan, I know you got your show tomorrow. Let's talk Major League uh, with Alan and uh, Scott. It, it, who else is on there? I feel like there's one other. No, it's just us three. Okay. Because Dan used to be on there, Dan Kirby. But yeah, he stopped. He had to stop. So, hey, hey man, I'm excited. You guys you guys got a lot of ball. Uh, you'll get the the what, Rangers game on just, just about that time. Well, yeah, we'll see Alan sweating a little bit uh, during that time because uh, I think uh, first, I guess that's at two o'clock uh, central. So yeah. it'll, it'll be an hour into it. We'll kind of have a feeling of what Alan's uh, going through uh, anxiety wise uh, at that point by the time we get on the show at three o'clock. So it'll be interesting to see what where, where he is during that game. Oh man, that's gonna be a fun one to tune in. You should uh, you should give him some false hopes, like just start standing up, like you saw a home run, nothing happens. So. Just have a little fun with him, you know. It's all right. Alan, Alan enjoys it. Give a little chip carry in it where you kind of just, every, every fly ball is a home run type of thing, and then oh, it's just, just like you're at the ball state, you know, the yeah. ball field, and all all you do is say fly ball, and the whole whole crowd is like, oh. That drives me nuts. That really does. That I, every I, time. We 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 see that. Uh, I see that all the time. Even even when coaching, I, I see that yeah. where you know, yeah, fly ball. And everybody's like, oh, I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like. It's caught. Like, see, I told you. It, my, it's- my, yeah, my favorite was uh, I was we were playing the tournament last week, and I was just sitting on the bench. I was on the scorebook, just trying to figure out what how I wanted to who I wanted to go in next. And a ball got hit in the air. I mean, it was it was a high tower, but man, that that dad's like, oh my, I think that's out. And I'm like, I looked. Up, I'm like, no, dude, this is we're not we're not there yet. This isn't that kind of league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the best ones uh, for me, like you can know my reaction when I, especially when I'm coaching, you know my reaction if I, when we have one of our girls hit a home run. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't react now unless it's a girl's first home run or whatnot. But one of my, you know, one of my power hitters, my 18U team, she hits one almost every one, one every two tournaments or whatnot. She hits one. I just, I just don't react. I just watch it go my ball. That's it. See you later. I already, I already knew. All right, I knew from the beginning. So yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, you just gotta have that feeling. It's fun. it's always funny. So I may, I may maybe I might do something where uh, that to Alan a little bit and kind of you know, kind of give it like up. Oh, oh, just oh. just just have a little fun with it. I mean, your team's <laughs> not playing until uh, you know next week we're, essentially. So yeah, have a little fun with it. Yeah, we're in, we're enjoying. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy some uh, some inter squad games and then kind of get ourselves ready for for Saturday. So get to sit back when you're the best when you're the best team in baseball, you get to enjoy that moment. Hey, you know, I'm excited to talk the next round with you next Monday, man. I appreciate you coming on. As always, Jonathan, always appreciate you every Monday. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, we'll catch you later, dude. Appreciate you. Sounds good.
Jonathan Grishman, everybody, as always, what a rock. Hey, all my friends left me. I don't know what happened. Don't don't ask me. You know, two didn't show. One once uh was falling asleep. Uh he granted he's a dad. I don't blame him. And then I don't know where the other one went. Hey, but it's just me here. Let's talk sports show, guys. So hey, tons of great stuff coming up still, guys. Uh this week here. Uh make sure you guys check out let's see where the Aqua Orange show is right before this. Uh Johnny Cruz talking Miami Dolphins news. Uh of course after that loss against the Bills. So that's pretty uh something to tune in for. Uh we'll be back Wednesday as well. Uh, there is a Monday post game going on currently too. But I'll be back Wednesday uh with the Let's Talk Sport Let's Talk Bets with Matt Larison and Scott Cobb. I'll be going over a recap of our slate last week. Thank the Lord Seattle won because it finally gave me a win. It's been a rough, rough, rough betting uh weekend there, but we're we'll we'll bounce back here. So check me out Wednesday, let's talk sports or let's talk bets at five thirty Eastern. Sports Buffoons channel. Uh, Wednesday night, sometime between eight and midnight central, uh, we'll be on there and then back here Thursday for our Thursday pickums. So everybody, please have a fabulous time with the wild card. Enjoy some baseball, some playoff baseball. It's going to be a fun one. We'll catch you guys later. See you. One life better pop off with the you like make a dream job. No nine five, no mean boss, just my life and free thoughts. You could try to play, but you're never gonna be me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me. Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me. People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy. You don't wanna be fast asleep on this evening. Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me. They try to change, you can say no, free me.